Summer driving is here, and so are the red-hot deals on the best tire brands at Dobbs. Money saver June deals on new sets of Goodyear, Cooper, Continental, Michelin, and Pirelli tires. Click on GoToDobbs.com to find your next set of tires today. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the Character and Smallman Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now here's Character and Smallman. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Carriker Smallman and Danny Mac. Happy Friday on 101 ESPN at 701. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Everybody working for the weekend. Good morning, Michelle. How are you doing? <laughs> Good morning, Randy. How are you? Good morning, Dan. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. We are excited to <laughs> have everybody here. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to say. I just said, hey, welcome. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's good. You can't go wrong with welcome. Uh, Looks like it's going to be a beautiful weekend. Make sure that you yes. take care of mom. It's Mother's Day weekend. That's right. I'm on that. Important. Yeah. Yep, that's important. That's a good thing. I'm on that. Cardinals will play the Rockies. Our, uh, what should I do? Our third baseman. <laughs> what should you do? Yeah. Flowers. Start with flowers right. and then go from there. Head to Snooks. Well, the problem was I did hear that there were issues, a flower shortage I've mm. heard there's a flower shortage. Really? Yeah, I did you hear can that. Find flowers. I'm gonna fly. Uh, find yeah. flowers. It's tough to say at Schnucks. Yeah. I'll find them there. Ready? So, go ahead with the show. Uh, and you had uh, your your Mother's Day to take care of everything last year when you didn't have games. That's right. And I was just a busy bee that day. I bet you were. <laughs> I really was. <laughs> Cards and Rockies tonight. Nolan Arenado no will what get I an did. opportunity. Sorry. To see his former team. And we have Blues Hockey tonight here on 101 ESPN against Vegas, 8 p.m. with the uh, with the pregame. And 9 o'clock, the puck drop. Chris Kerber and Joe Vitale will have the action. And we're going to talk to Joey coming up later in the show. We've got quite a show coming up for you. We're going to talk to Tim Kirkjian. And uh, we're going to talk to uh, a lot of fun people. Tonight. Daniel Descalso. Yeah, decal. Larry Walker. So the Hall of Famer. Jay Delsing. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah. You guys have loaded it up today. I love it. We have. And uh, obviously the topic of the day, and we want you to weigh in with your mic drops, with the Rhino Shield mic drop, Albert Pujols, designated for assignment by the Anaheim Angels, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And a couple of questions. You can go wherever you want with your mic drop. A, what's your strongest memory of Albert? And really, do you think he had a defining moment with the Angels? Emily and I were talking about it. Actually, I think from my perspective, his defining moment with the Angels was the home run here. Yeah. Might have been. <laughs> wow, great point. I think you're right. <laughs> I think hit number 3,000, home run number 500, yeah. home run number 600. Yeah, and passing Willie. And passing Willie, yeah. Yeah, he had, had some huge milestone moments there. So you can tell us what your moment is if it, this is indeed the end for Albert Pools. What is your Albert Pools moment? And you can also answer the question, do you think it makes sense for the Cardinals to pursue him? Would you like to see him back? And if so, why? And if not, why? And you can use, just use the 101 ESPN app, send us a mic drop, and we'll hear your mic drops throughout the course of the morning. The news came yesterday 
And it was shocking. When you guys got the word, Danny, you were on the air when you got the word that Albert had been, uh, the, the announcement was coming that the Angels were going to DFA him. Well, I'd gotten a little before that, some intel that, that this may be coming down. But then when it officially hit, um, yeah, I was shocked. I mean, I thought when you have a, a 10-year, $250 million contract that the Angels would find a way and that he would find a way. It's a two-way street to make sure that he would finish his career as an Angel. So it is shocking to see a player of that stature uh, be DFA'd. You, you don't see it very often. It has happened in the past. Guys just get released and it's over. Um, and it was it was shocking to see that. So we'll see what the next step is. Apparently he wants to be more of an everyday player. That was not going to happen with Walsh and Otani with the Angels. I think there was frustration in the game in which there was a lefty for Tampa Bay that he did not, uh, Yarbrough, he did not start, and he had very good numbers mm-hmm. against, and the writing was on the wall. He just wasn't going to play. I think for me, the first thing was shock because you're not expecting to see a headline like that. And then my next question was why? Because Artie Moreno and Albert Pujols seemingly had a great relationship. And on the surface, before you read about any of it, just the headline, it seems kind of disrespectful. So it was surprising for me. And then reading more about the fact that he wanted to play. Then the next thing, of course, is you wonder about a reunion with St. Louis. You wonder Mm -hmm. if this is a place that he obviously would want to come and if the Cardinals could find a way to make it work. But I, I just think it was a little bit of news that I was not expecting yesterday. You know, you say disrespectful, and I understand where you're coming from. And I've got to think, and I totally get it. I mean, it, it, for a lot of people on the surface, when you see that and you're just a casual fan, you're like, well, he's going to finish up with the Angels and this will be it. Maybe he'll try to play next year, whatever. And you see that and you go, how could that possibly happen with that deal that's in place and with the relationship that he's had with Artie Moreno? And so I, I've got to think behind the scenes, and he and Joe Madden are, are fairly close too. Mm-hmm. I've got to think behind the scenes that they went and looked at every possible way to make this work for Albert Pujols, and it just wasn't going to work. He just wasn't going to play. Here is the Angels' new general manager, Perry Manazian. Maybe. Machine's not working here today. So, but Manazian had a long conversation with Albert on Wednesday night. They determined, okay, well, uh, this isn't going to work out. And they did, every, they presented every option mm-hmm. to Pujols and determined that, he, and he was on board with the idea of getting DFA'd. Yeah, once you read about it, it seems like both sides came to an agreement that they felt was beneficial for them. And I know that he wants to play, and he knew that that wasn't going to be the opportunity there. And I wondered if he had a place in mind, if he was going to make this move knowing that there was a landing spot for him. Because if not, I'm wondering where he goes. Where where will he go to get the amount of playing time that he finds satisfactory? What is the market for Albert Pujols at this stage in his career? I look at a few spots that would maybe make some sense and I bet there's some crazy ones out there that would say hey we'll give you a shot because we have no chance and you want to go to 700 and we'll give you that opportunity the first thing I think about it's got to be an American League team to play every day he's he's going to be a DH at least that's in my mind the way it's got to work and I thought maybe Kansas City would be one of those teams initially I thought Tony La Russa and the White Sox Tony's got his own issues that he's dealing with right now it has not been an it's been a bumpy ride it's not been a sweet honeymoon there mm-hmm. with the White Sox and in terms of the media and some of his decision making in game he's he's feeling heat apparently the White Sox have said no they already have a very good DH there Kansas City would make some sense also his hometown 
reunite with Mike Matheny. There, there might be a spot if they maneuver a little bit, they can make some things happen. And then ultimately, you you, you always think about St. Louis. Would he would he uh, come back here? <clears throat> you got to remember though, Paul Goldschmidt plays every day. He ain't gonna. He's he's not gonna be playing uh, six days a week. He's playing every day, and he's your best option at first base. And the ones that you're rolling out there right now are probably the best options. And and that's the only place that he can play. So if you're the Cardinals, are you thinking, is it worth bringing him in as a bench guy to get in a bat a night maybe, and maybe serve as the designated hitter when you go to American League ballparks? <clears throat> and I think there's some value in that. Um, the value is him filling the seats mm-hmm. every time he's at Bush Stadium. And as you open up the ballpark, I don't know what you guys think. I would think that a lot of people would come around to watch Albert Pujols one more time to say, I'll make that trip to St. Louis because I want to see him one more time. And by the way, he probably hits in the seventh or the eighth or the ninth. So you're hanging around the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I th- th- that's the value with him right now, because if you look at him as the value as a player, it's not even close to what he can bring, what other guys are bringing the Cardinals no. right now. It's not. I just I, I just can't see it ending well. And I know that Yachty put up an Instagram post with the little wondering emoji. But if you're the Cardinals, that. you got to kick the tires on this. You do. Oh, no I, I, I think so. But I think when you analyze things, fact of the matter is, right now, and probably for the rest of this season, Austin Dean is a better hitter than Albert Pujols. By the way, another team I was thinking about is the Reds with Votto out. Yeah. That That would be another one. That would make sense. And I don't think the Cardinals are going to need to have a gimmick to sell tickets. I think that once they open it up with this first place team and people wanting to see Arenado, I don't think think they need to have nostalgia. I think they just need to open the doors and be able to sell. I completely agree. Not only are people wanting to see Arenado, but this is a team competing for a division. And we didn't have Cardinal baseball last year. Fans are absolutely dying to get in the ballpark if they haven't been already. I don't think the Cardinals are going to have any issues with tickets. But I do understand why they would be curious about trying to make this work with Albert. But I think a lot of people would buy tickets to the ballpark just to see Albert, but I wonder how quickly that fades if he's not producing. If he gets in a situation where he comes up and he's not delivering, fans here love Albert. They respect him for everything that he gave to the city and to that organization and the championships, but they also want to see players who can compete right now and players that are going to contribute to the team. I, I wonder about the personal services contract, too, um, in terms of being DFA'd. I got to wonder if uh, if that sours him a little mm-hmm. bit on that. And if you're Mr. DeWitt, mm-hmm. who loves the history of this game and loves what Albert... I mean, it was tough. For, it was very tough on him personally to see Albert Pujols walk. It was. And he knows he was an iconic incredible player and could have gone down as maybe the best hitter this organization has ever had. So that would have been, you know, Stan is is still the guy I, in my mind. Albert's right there, maybe 1-1-A, whatever you want to look at it. But Al, Albert, if he would have gotten to 500, 600, all wearing a Cardinal uniform, 667, and then you bring him back into the family, so to speak, kind of it heals all wounds and i'm not saying that it's they're not already i think that i think the time has passed now and the weekend that he had here and there's been behind the scenes conversations that everything has kind of been uh, people even albert has said it was probably best for them and best for me Mm -hmm. so you know all that stuff is kind of over but still there is i think at least for me it would be tugging at me if i own this team i'd say i at least i want to know what 
What's the situation? Let's look at it from all angles here. Baseball perspective, tickets sold. What does it mean? Hall of Fame. I mean, let's let's throw it all on the table and see what this would mean. Our friend Ben Fredrickson today at stltoday.com has a piece up about this. Points out that since 2019, Pujols 0 for 5 as a pinch hitter. Not much of a sample size there. But as a DH since 2019, Pujols a 188 batting average, 243 on base. 339 slug. That's as a designated hitter. And obviously his numbers for the last five years have not been strong offensively at all. I also wonder though, if you got him in this environment for one last go around, what would happen? Oh, Cesar Cedeno? Kind of that that kind of thing, like in yeah. 85. Yeah. I, I really do. I have wondered about that it part of it. It has happened. Yeah. Well, look when he came back. He yeah. gave us a, a moment there. I wonder, too. I'm definitely curious about it. I, I'm going to watch every Cardinal game anyway, but if I, I was a casual fan and Albert Pujols came back to the Cardinals, you better believe I'm watching. I mean, think about when you're – I've actually noticed it this year, and I would love to ask Yachty about it. I'm not sure what he would say, but there are times when they start chanting Yachty, 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 and he has to step out of the box, mm-hmm. kind of collect himself, gets in, and then he just looks – like he's got a jolt. Like there's some, there's just more energy to him, and the energy of the the home fans. He would maybe feed off of that. Something to think about. He's not going to hit a home run every time. He's not going to get a base hit every time. But does he give you a better option than Lane Thomas off the bench? That's that. I mean, look at what they had on the bench yesterday. You had Matt Carpenter, Justin Williams, Lane Thomas, uh, Ali Sanchez, and somebody else. I can't remember who it was. Now, if he was left-handed, I would say, yep, I'd probably yeah. make this move. He's not. He's right-handed, and he's a first baseman. He's not going to play every day. So what's the role? Coming off the bench as a right-handed pinch hitter. And the big question for you two. Okay, Michael came back to the Bulls, okay? <laughs> okay. He'd wear number five, I Randy. Was just gonna, it's I, done. I was Don't say, even ask he, it. Does he go do with number 44 thing. or something? No, he goes with five. They, they've actually, I don't know if you knew this, they actually haven't reissued that number. Shockingly, well, the Bulls had not reissued twenty three either. Well, I'm just saying they they're going to give him probably number five if he comes back. As the numbers guy, don't you think he's comfortable in five? Don't you think that that would get him in the right headspace to wear five again? Yeah, you would think so. But I think that maybe he needs to be energized by a new number. How many owners out there would say, "Yeah, let's go out and get. We're not going anywhere. Let's give him the minimum which he would sign for, and play him every day if he wants to play every day, but hits you know two hundred, one ninety, but pops." 25 home runs and he's close to 700 let's do it that'd be because we're not going anywhere as a team so let's think about it i think there are fan bases that would jump on that not many but this one would mets brought willie mays back yeah and went to the world series right it is character smallman and danny mack on 101 espn we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show coming up we've got peak or pick get your text into the air comfort service text line 65780 peak or pick coming your way on 101 espn we're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. All right, time for Peak or Pit here on 101 ESPN. Michelle, Dan, and Randy with you. We want your text. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Does anybody want to go first? Or do you want sure, to go I'll first? go first. Okay, All right, yeah, Dan, Dan, unless ahead. you want to no, go no, first. It's your show. Either peak, one, it's our pick. show. You go, Dan. I bet I, I bet we all have the same peak. 
Um, and that would be David Backus, mm-hmm. his return to St. Louis and what was his final game, more than likely. I thought the whole thing was great. It was it was awesome. It was well done. It was celebration of a guy that we all respect. He's in the St. Louis community, did so much for the community, and did so much on the ice. It was the perfect send-off. So that would be my peak. And my pit, I'm not sure we're all going to have this, but my pit was 11 walks yesterday during the ball game. <laughs> brutal. That was brutal is the right way to put it. <laughs> brutal. That was a tough game to watch. I was texting with Keith Hernandez after the game. <laughs> And we were both going, is this Major League Baseball? 17 (laughs) men left on by the Mets. 11 walks by the Cardinals. I mean, that is bad. That was bad. That was a bad baseball game. There was a lot of bases loaded in action in that game. I I might have to go with my pit as being the uh, fourth inning of game one of the doubleheader where you had the visit by the interpreter, which was messed up by the umpires, in my opinion. No one has really told me whether or not I'm, I'm right. I'm right. And they messed that up. He should have been out of the game. Yep. Then you had the review at third that took forever. You had two games going on at Major League Baseball at that time. That took five minutes. How can it take five minutes? How? It was ridiculous. You have one bad. view to look at that showed you clearly he's on the bag with the glove and the ball. Mm-hmm. He's out. Okay, let's move on. And people at the ballpark all wondering what in the hell is going on here. That's not right. Not good at all. That's my pit. My my peak is that the Blues are on the precipice of making the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. I think that's real positive. Yep, Let's go Blues. Okay. And my pit is that uh, when I got (laughs) up this morning and looked at my phone, it was 45 degrees. It's not supposed to be 45 degrees on May 7th. It's got to warm up, Randy. Oh, yeah, tomorrow? Yeah, put a smile on. It's going to be 57 tomorrow. It's It's going to rain tomorrow. I I want to go to the baseball game. It's going to rain. Oh, I know. What a bummer. That's my pit. Okay, so um, my pit, Randy, is actually your peak. I want the Blues to be in. I'm, I'm sick of waiting for them to be in. I'm sick of being on the precipice of getting into the playoffs. Yeah, you, you, you say you want them to be intense. Boy, you down guys the are complainers. Yes, I'm just saying. I'm ready for. I'm ready for it to be official that the Blues are in the playoffs. Both that's, are complaining. That's my pit. You were worried about whether or not they were going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Now we're worried about. Well, let's get it done and let's do. You guys are complainers. Yes, we yeah, are. Yeah, this is hockey, Big baby. Time. Big time complainers okay, good. here on Carefer and Smallman. Too you should cold. know that by now, Dan. You it's should know too that by cold now. on May seventh. <laughs> We are self-admitted weather wimps on this show. Totally. As well. Absolutely, Big I am time. too. We are domesticated people. We like to be <laughs> inside. Okay, so uh, my peak actually is this news about Albert Pujols, which might make you scratch your head a little bit, but. Sports fans love things like this. We love the storylines. We talk love, radio people do. Talk radio people love this. We love the possibility. And who would have ever thought when Albert Pujols signed that deal that something like this would happen? And the possibility, even the door opening slightly for him to come back to St. Louis would exist. And I had tweeted yesterday, take it or leave it, Albert hits no- number 700 in a Cardinals uniform. And it's split down the middle. Everyone in St. Louis has a passionate opinion about Albert Pujols and whether or not he should come back to St. Louis. And that's what makes sports and talking about sports really fun. Here's, a, I think, even a better tweet for you to throw out there. Does Albert even get to 700? That's another one. A yeah. good one. Take it or leave it. You know, I he's going to have to be an everyday player to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that unless he goes on a tear this year that somebody would bring him back next season, even though he may want to play. But he's going to have to be an everyday player. Does he still own a house here in St. Louis? Do you know? I do not know that. I don't either. 
I think he does own one in Kansas City, though. Yeah, they apparently they built a big house in Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. I guess every house he builds is big. I don't have the hot gas on the real estate market. I'm sorry. Okay, you don't know what's on the streets at the moment. I don't, but I could call some people and find out yeah. some stuff. Text 65780 <laughs> if you know if Albert still owns a house <laughs> here in St. Louis. All right, your text 65780. Emily, what do you got? From the 417 peak, my son has joined the Army. Mm. All right. Congratulations. Thank, thank you for your service. Thank him for thank him from us for his service. And Pitt, the day he leaves for basic training, we will miss him. Yeah, you'll come oh, back. Oh, yeah. So, but don't have, don't enjoy the time now that you have with them. Have the pit be that day. Don't have the pit be, don't experience a pit for three yeah. or four weeks or whatever. That'd be tough to see my son or my daughter go off yeah. into the military. I know. And God bless him. Absolutely. Thank you for your service. And that sadness that you feel, channel it into pride. Take all, yeah. all of those feelings and try to channel it into how proud you are. From the 314, no pits again this week. Last week bought the engagement ring. This week finally had an offer accepted on a house after having 12 offers rejected. 12, 12 offers. That's been happening. People have had their offers rejected because people, and especially those that are selling with Gloria Lou, are so far above asking price. You just get more. That's right. A lot a lot above asking. But the market right now is bananas here in St. Louis. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. It's crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. You know the Fergie song? Who's Fergie? Who's Fergie? No, I'm kidding. I know who Fergie <laughs> yeah, is. Gwen Stefani? I like, I like oh, Fergie. Oh, yeah, it is Gwen Stefani. Good call. Oh, who's Gwen Stefani? No, I know Gwen Stefani, Do, do too. you know the band She's Gwen Blake Stefani Shelton's. was in? Do you remember? Yeah. Um, it's been a minute. Come on, no you doubt. know it. No doubt. Very good. No Jim. doubt. I knew that. No doubt. <laughs> Isn't she? She's dating the country, dude. Blake yeah, Shelton. Yeah. Blake Shelton. That's right. Good from, job. From yeah. the 314. Yes, that's Albert right. does. We take care of his pool. Uh, and then somebody else says from the 314, it's still for sale, I believe, out in, out in Wildwood. Okay. And then somebody else from the 636, I believe he does. I fixed one of his furnaces last year. So. Well, I'm sure that may have been Dan Saliga. Yeah. The Flash. Apparently official. Okay. Well, so League of Heating and Cooling can help your thoughts and uh, of maybe improving your furnace. Mm-hmm. Like they did with Albert. AC, Dan Saliga. From the 217 peak, Blues and Ducks giving Bacchus a fantastic final game in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and he liked my tweet. Oh. oh. Great tweet out of yeah. you. Great yeah. tweet. And Bacchus Pitt, liked it. Liked it. Pitt's school started this week. School started this week. Wait a minute, May seventh. You started What's school. The end? No. Maybe it's like a summer session. Well, I got that. I don't know. I don't want to go to school in the summer. Definitely not. I want my kids out now. I know a lot of parents are like, keep them in there. I I can't wait for my kids to get out, and they still have like three weeks. That's yeah. a that's a pit. That yeah. was always the worst stretch. Oh, it's awful. When it was warm outside. And you were so mentally checked out, and you still had about three weeks left of school. See, that, that the, here's the thing, Dan. Michelle got in trouble if she didn't go to school. My parents didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, I got in big trouble. You know how many times? I hope my. Um, uh, by the way, I do have a uh, text here from a guy that would know. He says that Albert's house is uh, still in St. Louis. Uh, his. Okay. Good. Okay. okay great, so. Great. Um, Confirmed. Yeah, our kids are. You know, they come down with the. Like, they may sneeze at dinner, and we're like, yeah, just stay home. <laughs> I hope his teachers aren't listening. Hey. And hers. Although my daughters go. It's really my boys. 
You know what, though? In today's world, you can't be too careful. So if they're sneezing at the dinner table, I think that's responsible. That actually is so true now that if you have the slightest issue, especially in the fall Mm -hmm. when we didn't have vaccinations and things of that nature, I mean, the school would be like, no, no, no. You keep them right at home. Okay. (laughs) But see, kids now, even if they stay home, they probably should do virtual learning. When I stayed home, I got to eat Doritos and watch Judge Judy all day. Like, I was seven. So do my kids. You think they're watching virtual? uh, Well, at least they have the option, right? As a parent, you could try to force them to learn. I was laid up wondering who was the father. That was what I I was doing. And coming up next, we're going to find out and unveil who is the father. <laughs> right, my That's parents. more Maury Povich. Yeah, you're right. It was Maury or um, Sally Jesse Raphael. Love Sally. Deal. Yeah, but my parents would come home and be like, how, how are you feeling? I'm like, I think I have to stay home again tomorrow because I want to know who is the father. Absolutely. I'm, I'm hooked. Well done, Ferris. <laughs> I, my kids, I went down to my, one of my sons. He was down in the basement, supposed to be on virtual. And he goes, Dad, shut up. I go, you're playing video games. He's like, yeah, but I'm taking this class. <laughs> He wanted me to shut up as he was playing video games during the class. He told me to shut up. Did he have the computer oh, yeah. facing a certain way so yeah. he was looking past it? You could see half his body so he was wow. quote unquote present as he was playing a video game. By the way, I did two Zooms at the same time yesterday. Oh yeah, how did that go? What were they, Randall? One was the uh, LUPC, the Lindenwood University President's Council. With oh, thanks for having me on. Porter. Uh, and then the other one was with uh, my golf tournament. And I, I paid close attention to both, took notes with both. I was efficient. Did you have one earbud in one and one in the other? No, I, I had them both. I, I was upstairs in the ro- in my bedroom, so I had both of them up. I don't need to know about area. your bedroom. Well, it's it's there's a little off, okay. yeah, off the Maybe we just call it your office then. Okay, we can do that. Anyway. It sounds like a pit uh, to me. I did two <laughs> of those. Yeah, two of them. Yeah. Randy's bedroom. Right. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. Coming up, we're going to talk to our friend Jay Delsing. Talk some golf on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Jay Delsing is with us on 101 ESPN. In addition to being a great ambassador for our community and one of the best golfers ever to come out of St. Louis. Jay's also a huge St. Louis sports fan and I'm sure has an idea as to uh, what the Cardinals should do in regards to Albert Pujols, who uh, is DFA'd, has been DFA'd by the Angels. Jay, good morning. How you doing? Hey, guys. Good morning. How you guys doing? Things good. We want you to weigh in on Pujols. What do you think the Cardinals should do? Should they pursue him or no? Oh, my gosh. Sentimentally, I, I would love to see him play one more game, but Man, I we we already have enough guys that are, can't put the ball in play. That team yesterday, I couldn't stand. I couldn't stand watching it. It was so brutal. I felt for for Danny and all us Cardinal fans. We couldn't throw the ball over the plate. Ugh. You better not say that you fell asleep and couldn't stay awake. All right, that's you didn't say that, so that's okay. No, but Danny, the good thing was it was a day game. Yeah, that's right. They just get a little late day nap in. That's all right if you yeah, did, Jay. I'm not going to hold it against you because I was close to doing the same. And I was the guy calling the game. You, you know what? But I've felt like I was putting a beach ball into a thimble before playing golf. I felt like that's what our pitchers were throwing, like a some sort of Nerf ball up there or something. They just couldn't quite figure it out yesterday. Hey, today's a new day. Rockies in town. Arenado against his former team. We got Austin Gomber on the mound for the Rockies. So today's a new day. We turn the page. It's all good. It's all good. Absolutely. 
story. Uh, Craig, very last down coming back. Yeah, I the key, and there's a lot of piece of. Hold on, Jay. Your your phone is breaking up here a little bit. Move a little to your right, and then three inches to your left, and you're going to be perfect. Can you hear me now? I'm not. I'm. Oh. We are going to get nope. another, we're, we're going to call back, get a better connection here. Yeah. And we're going to talk to Jay Delsing. Okay. You know the question I want to ask him? What? I've been doing a lot of thinking about this. Our buddy Joe Schwent, you know, who mm-hmm. is out at St. Albans. Saw him on Monday. Um, he was telling me how rounds of golf are just exploding last year with COVID. We saw that across the board with any any golf course. I wonder because of the explosion of golf, uh, what the residual effect is going to be because for some people, some kids, that might have been the sport they they played because mm-hmm. you go out and play golf. You, you were able to go do that. You know, some of the baseball leagues were shut down. Soccer was shut down. Things that kids might do in the summer, maybe lacrosse. Um, I wonder if we're going to have a whole new wave of golfers coming through because of COVID. That's a great point. I would think so. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. And I think we're going to see that because – the numbers of, I don't know if you guys saw, and the other thing was families weren't traveling. I mean, no one was going anywhere. So what were we going right. to do? You were either stuck in your home, you're going to go to your backyard, or if you had the access to go uh, play some golf, you went you went and played golf. And I wonder if those kids got hooked, got the, got the bug and said, all right, I'm hooked. This is my sport. Hand me a golf club. This is what I want to do. I'm curious about Good that. Good question for Jay Delsing. Kind of like the Tiger yeah. explosion, and now yeah. you get this yeah. explosion. No doubt. Jay Delsing is back with us on 101 ESPN. Okay, talk now. <laughs> hey, guys. Good there, morning. There it's we right go. Again. We got it. All right, Sorry Jay. about that. I don't know. I probably got to get a new phone. Oh, it happens. Hey, Jay, I was, I was just saying, we were talking to our buddy Joe Schwinn out at St. Albans, and he said the, the rounds of golf just exploded because of COVID last year. The rounds of golf this year are enormous. And and that's just one place. It's exploded across the country, really across the world, because of COVID. You know, people just couldn't get out unless you were going to in your backyard or if you had access to a golf course or go hit balls, you went and hit balls. Do you think that in five, ten years we're going to see an explosion of great players because of COVID, or am I taking that too far? No, Danny, I think I, I think it's really possible. Um, if you look at what uh, what how golf has just taken off because of it. it it's just fantastic for someone whose kind of purpose is to try to help grow the game it's been really interesting to talk to to people like a joe schwen who's just fantastic joe is the best he does so many fun creative things for his members and stuff at st albans um i i i think it's um it's definitely possible i would love to see it in fact and, and the fact the fact that it's the only safe really safe outdoor activity that we could do during COVID um, is, is terrific. If you can, if you can weather the storm of being not very good at the very beginning, something happens to us that love the game that hooks you. It doesn't ever let go. And it still got me. Sometimes I wish it would let me go. <laughs> it has not. It has not. And uh, uh, I, I, I think that's a really cool call. I hope so. Jay, I wanted to talk to you about this proposed golf super league. So the, the, 
plans that leaked out there were that there are basically going to be five events in 2022. The field was going to be comprised of top players in golf and that the players would receive upwards to $20 million just for playing. The names that have been floated out there, just Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth. But Rory, Rory McIlroy has been really critical of this. He says it's just a money grab. He doesn't seem to be into this at all. So what are your thoughts on this alleged golf Super League? Well, I think the Saudis are the biggest uh, uh, money behind it. And it's really interesting what it's caused, Michelle. First of all, if you think about a guy like Phil Mickelson or Tiger Woods, even though Tiger can't play, Tiger's sole purpose, Michelle, is to have TW in the record books on the PGA Tour uh, in every category. That's what he wanted to do. So this would have absolutely zero interest for someone like Tiger because he's got all the money he needs, and 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 he doesn't he doesn't care about the attention that this would give him off the course. He tries to hide off the course. On the course, he wants to beat the hell out of everybody, and we all knew it. And he pretty much did that. For Phil, he's kind of in a different stage, and Phil's kind of been waning up until yesterday where he shot seven under has a two stroke lead, but he's, he's just been waning. And so it's, you wonder, you know, does Phil, is he desperate to get back in? You know, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't. They dangle. Hey, hey Jay, we, we've it's lost you again. So, uh, again, if you can move one step. Am I back? There you go. There you go. go. Yeah. Guys, I'm not moving, just by the way. I'm I'm sorry about that. (laughs) That's okay. No problem. So, you you were mentioning that that Phil, his game had been waning. Justin Thomas says, hey, I'm comfortable. I'm fine. I'm very content and very happy with how everything is going here. It seems like the biggest stars are concerned about what would happen specifically with the majors if there were a super golf league. It doesn't seem like they're going to get the support of the, the current best players. Well, that's right, Randy. I guess we've lost Jay. So, but you can hear Jay Delsing every Sunday morning, eight to nine here on one hundred one, nine to ten here on one hundred one. One of my favorite uh, segments too. I know it's a bummer that we didn't get him. You need to take a portion of your check and pay his cell phone bill. Somebody (laughs) here at one hundred one ESPN needs to. I think you should, Randy. I will. You're a big earner. I'm a team player. I don't know if I'm a big earner, but I'm a team player. You are. By the way, did you see what Phil did yesterday? Yeah, impressive. Rolling back the uh, the clock there, man. Yeah. 64. And that's why it would be great to have him here at the Ascension in the fall. I know they're 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 putting the full court press on him to try to do Good. this. It, th- here's the thing that I think could happen for him. And if you're a golf fan out there, I would get your tickets right now because there is no other event going on with the Ascension Charity Classic that's coming to St. Louis uh, late this summer. So there's not a PGA Tour event. So if you're into golf, it's the Champions Tour and uh, they've got all kinds of packages and different things to do out there. But it's out in Norwood Hills, and all the best golfers will be in town, including potentially Phil Mickelson. So they're trying to get him here. That would be huge. Uh, I think the really cool thing that they're trying to do, too, we're going to have Watson, we're going to have Nicholas in for that luncheon, and they're going to play nine holes, and they're going to pair them up with a couple of celebrities. And you don't know who just might be there. It could be maybe a Wayne Gretzky. It could be, you know, 
Albert Pujols, you don't know. Wow. It, they're going to they're gonna pair him up with, like, two massive celebrities to be That'd a part be of it. Yeah, it's going to be really neat. That's Dan, Michelle, I'm Randy, and this is Character Smallman and Danny Mac. I'm 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 65780. Take it or leave it is coming your way on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Time for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Michelle, Dan, and Randy. And Michelle and Dan, the Los Angeles Dodgers, since April 17th, are 4 and 13. They've had bad stretches before when they've been really good, though. Take It or Leave It. The Dodgers are vulnerable. I'm going to leave it. Leave it. I'm Their pitching is really good. I think we'll look up at some point. They'll go on a 40 and 10 run. We'll go, okay, yep. there they are. That's the Dodgers. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. They're too good. Remember a couple of years ago, they won 15 of 16 and then lost like 15 of 16. It yeah. was ridiculous. And I also remember that run that they had that was like 43 and eight. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it was right. crazy. They just didn't lose. Even last year, their record was, I think they went 43 and 17. Yeah. The Giants have been the surprise to me. Yeah. Okay, take it or leave it. Albert Pujols' personal services contract, not not going to happen. I am going to leave that, but I don't think it's going to preclude him from doing things with the Cardinals. I think he's going to do what he wants, but he'll show up at spring training and show up on opening day for the Angels and get his million bucks. Yeah, I'm going to leave that too. I think he... He'll he'll kick that thing in and he'll go to spring training with various clubs and do the events for both franchises that he's asked to be a part of. And I see him doing it. Why not just take the easy money? Not like he needs it, but do it. Yeah. It's a hey, million dollars here and there. It adds up. Yep. You would know. <laughs> uh, take it or leave it. <clears throat> Nolan Arenado goes off tonight against the Rockies. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that, too. Even though Jeff Breidich isn't there. I think Dick Monfort deserves some Nolan Arenado punishment well the guy is so intense anyway now you just add this to it why not i could see that happening and i hope austin gomber pitches well i really do he's a great guy i I got to know austin very well and by the way i think he's a very good pitcher too uh he's just in a tough pitcher's situation Mm -hmm. to be in colorado so you know he may try to He's going to have a little extra tonight for the Cardinals, too. There's no mm-hmm. doubt. Anytime you face your former team, you're always going to have that. But you don't want him to be too good. No, I don't. I want to see Arenado have a, a neat day, a nice day. I think he will. And imagine being a Rockies fan mm. with the state of the team right now. And then you get to see Arenado in a Cardinals uniform. It's probably a rough day for Ra- Randy asked me before the show, um, he said, do you, how many Rockies fans do you think are going to be watching tonight? And I said, eh. I think they're almost like whatever we've Apathetic. been down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the worst kind of fan, man. It, and it's not to blame the fan. I just mean in a general sense, apathy is the worst thing you want in yep. sports. You, you want somebody to either love you or hate you, but at least they're paying attention. Mm-hmm. And they know they're going to lose story. Yeah. Those and that's fans, coming. And yeah. they're no good this year. Right. You develop an emotional attachment and then the team gets rid of the guys that you develop the emotional attachment to. That's right. And <laughs> I said to Randy, I said, you know, Still probably chilly up in the mountains. You're sitting there saying to your family, well, should we sit around the TV and watch Nolan or and be upset about it, or do you want to go skiing? 
Seriously. Yeah. I, they have I, options there. <laughs> I think some people be curious about it, but uh, once you see it one, the right. first time, it's over. And and he's already had such a good start here. It's tough to watch yeah, if you're a Rockies fan. Be. What do we have on the text line, Emily? 65780. From the 573, take it or leave it, Pujols will be a Cardinal by the end of the weekend. I will oh. leave that. If it's going to happen, that's when it probably would happen because he's got three days clear waivers no one's going to pick up the 30 million dollar salary and then he becomes essentially a free agent um and i i would imagine he's weighing all options too with his family and that kind of thing but if he truly wants to play and we talked about all the scenarios before in st louis it'll be as a bench player he's just not going to play every day unless paul goldschmidt got hurt and that's it right i wonder from a compensation standpoint, what it would look like elsewhere. Because obviously in St. Louis. Minimum. He, right. If he wants to come here, I imagine he's going to do whatever is best for the team. It's going to be more about get, finding a way to get him here. But I wonder with other teams what that will look like. Minimum. Yeah. Just for he, the rest of this year. Because he still, he'll, by doing, so essentially if he would retire, he foregoes the remainder of his salary. Mm-hmm. So if you then wait the three days, then he gets the full payment of the 25 is it 25 million he's owed this year whatever it is so by waiting in three days he's still he's got to clear waivers and then that's he's on the hook for anaheim because or the dot or the whatever the hell they're called (laughs) la la they're on the hook for the 25 million and then another team could pick him up for the minimum and that's what they would do life comes at you fast where you're getting a record-breaking over $250 million deal, and then now all of a sudden you're trying to f- figure it out somewhere. How about this? This Yesterday was the anniversary of his first home run with the Angels. Wow. And 10 years later, on the to the day, he's released. Wow. So he did not homer in the first month with the Angels. And people right. are like, what is going on here? And then he had told people, he said, hey, don't worry about it. At the end of the day, you'll look up, I'll have 30, 35, and 100 and whatever runs batted in and he did yeah that, that's him yeah that is him from the 636 take it or leave it the blues escape vegas with three points leave that i am going to leave that as well i do think they might come up with a couple points though just give me one yeah yeah all they need is one so let's do it yeah also from the 636 take it or leave it tommy edmund wins a batting title he does have a little of that Jeff McNeil going. Well, the one thing that he does, he actually hits singles. Yeah. You know, and if you think about guys who are going to win a batting title, at least in my mind, it's it's not going to be someone that is purely based on launch angle and doubles and home runs. Someone that is constantly putting the ball in play. I think his strikeout rate is in the bottom 10, which is great. It's under 10% or Especially right at. Especially for a guy that swings the bat. That's what I mean. So at 10% and is he's got, I think, the most two-strike hits in baseball. So that would lend itself to saying that's a guy that's putting the ball in play. May not be walking a ton, but he's not striking out a ton either. So he's got a chance by putting the ball in play. So we'll take it. Yeah, I'll take that. From the 314, take it or leave it. Willie Mays is the greatest living Hall of Famer. Whitey is 89. He is the mm-hmm. second oldest living Hall of Famer. Yeah, Willie Mays is the greatest right now. Yeah. And Has maybe, to be. Yeah. maybe of all of them, you can make a great argument that he's the greatest player of all time. For sure. You can make the, he's on the Mount Rushmore. If you said, he okay, is. who are the greatest players ever? Some people would say, without a doubt, first answer, Willie Mays. Mm-hmm. Just like that. And you'd say Babe Ruth. You'd say Hank Aaron. You'd say Willie Mays. I think for us here in St. Louis, we'd put Stan up yep. there. Yep, of course. And probably you put... 
Maybe Albert up there. I mean, the numbers that Albert has put up, have you really done a deep dive? Oh, it's unbelievable. Top 10 in pretty much everything. Ridiculous. Top five, and then with some, yeah. he's top three with like Babe Ruth right. and Hank Aaron. Yeah. It's incredible. Randy, you missed our start one, bench one, cut one the other day. It was Mays, Aaron, Mantle. Who you got? I'm going to uh, cut Mantle, and it's only because of the injuries. I am going to start Willie, and I'm going to have... Uh, Hank Aaron on my bench. I think that's what we had, too. I think I might have started Aaron, benched Maze, cut Mantle. Can't go wrong with that. I know. Well, she's <laughs> living in this new world of launch angle. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. Oh, wait a minute. Maze had 606. Okay. Well, that doesn't, that argument doesn't fly either. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thanks, Emily. Thank you. And thanks for your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Coming up, we have a Hall of Famer joining us, former Cardinal, former Rocky, and former Expo Larry Walker is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Is 8 o'clock in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Michelle Smallman and the voice of the Cardinals, Dan McLaughlin. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us and great to go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and Hall of Famer Larry Walker, who played for both the Rockies and the Cardinals, who will play this weekend, is with us right now. Larry, thanks for taking some time with us. How are you doing today? Uh, you're welcome. Uh, all's good. Thank you. Larry, how's that speech coming? What speech? Well, I don't know if you knew this. You were, so COVID hit, and I'm sure you were on a golf course somewhere, but you were elected to the Hall of Fame, so you're going to have to make a speech coming up. By the way, this is Dan McLaughlin. Great to hear you, Larry. Um, so how's that speech coming, buddy? Well, I, I think I've got it done, uh, but uh, every day I, I hop back on my computer and I, and I reread it again, and, and, and lo and behold, a paragraph gets erased and redone again, so... Uh, I think I just need to just accept it for what it is. Uh, it's going to stink. I suck at speaking public like that, and, uh, and I'm going to have to deal with it. So I love it. I can't, I can't wait till it's over. I can't wait till you're on the hot seat, baby. I love it. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Larry, do you practice your speech out loud? Do you time yourself? Uh, I have. I, I did one. I timed it once. And, you know, you tr- I know you try to talk slow when you do these things. Otherwise, you just fumble all over your words. And when I did that one at a speed I would like to do it at, it was 13 minutes, which is way too long. So I need to shorten that down a little bit. And I've practiced it three times so far. Now, uh, Brad Thompson was on the games. Were you watching any of the games this past week? I know you don't miss many. Um, I, yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't watched for a couple of weeks anything, so no. Okay, so Brad Thompson, your former teammate, was on uh, with me, and he just wanted to know if you were going to be wearing a SpongeBob shirt during the uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame induction ceremony like you did when you got the call. Well, I, I've had people push me and tell me that I should do that. You know, it's a, The whole Hall of Fame call and having that shirt on wasn't a planned deal that I thought, oh, this will go over well and people will <laughs> love it and hate it. And uh, I wasn't even thinking anything like that when I, when I put that on. So um, I've kicked around maybe a SpongeBob tie or something. But no, I think, that, I think I'm just going to try to dress as normal as I can. 
Larry Walker with us on 101 ESPN. Larry, you were a spectacular player with both Montreal and with the the Rockies, and then came here for a year and a half and, and played really well, even though you were kind of beat up, but you've maintained a relationship with the Cardinals. What is it about the Cardinal organization that causes guys, that, regardless of how long they were here, to have that attachment to it? Well, besides having you know great people in the organization working, uh, I've been able to do the fantasy camps down here near my home in Florida, which uh, you know keeps me tied in with a lot of the the people that way. Um, the birds on the bats a pretty famous jersey. You know, you, you talk baseball; it's one of the jerseys you talk about, and, and one of the cities you talk about. So, uh, there's a lot of history with the with the Cardinals, and you know what? I, I guess just. Uh, coming to that team and Dan's heard me tell it to say it a million times when I got there and, and got the standing ovation before and after my first at bat. And, and from there on, I was like, Oh, oh my God, you know, you, you, you're, you're an opposing player coming in and you see the sea of red every game. The people are going crazy. They're very respectful and knowledgeable fans. And then you put that uniform on, uh, that's a whole different animal. And uh, it's, 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 I'm happy that I'm able to still st- uh, stick around and, and, and have that communication with them. And they allow that. They, they treat their past players very well and, and, uh, and, and realize who's come through and, and, and treat everybody fairly. So, Larry, then having Nolan Arenado come to St. Louis, you knew what he was in for. You knew what his first experience at Bush Stadium would be like. Oh yeah, I, I I thought the same thing for Matt Holiday. I, you know, I told Matt, I go, "Boy, you're gonna love this, man. You 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 don't realize uh, just uh, how great it's gonna be until you step that uh, onto the field for that very first time with that uniform on, and it's an instant uh, you know love relationship that the fans have with their players." Hey, Larry, are, are you scheduled to come back to St. Louis for any type of recognition? I, I know the Cardinals want to do that, but with COVID, it's it's just everything's been up in arms. So I'm just curious if you are coming back to St. Louis. Uh, as far as going to St. Louis, I haven't heard anything. Um, like I said, like you said, everything's kind of up in the air. I know the All-Star game being in Denver this year is, um, I'm waiting for an email on that as far as what they would like me to do or what's going on for recon- recognizing me there and stuff. And that's uncertain. Even the Hall of Fame stuff is, you know, made for TV stuff that's going on right now. And, and I'm only allowed 10 people. You know, there's no, 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 uh, no people are going to be at the Hall of Fame for this thing. It's strictly uh, TV only. Are they doing that outside? Are they going to set up something inside in a hall? Or, or how are they doing that for the Hall of Fame? Uh, I haven't been told where it's at yet. I believe it's inside, though. And, um, and even and as of right now, as crazy as this is, the, the nine people that I can bring with me, ten including me, um, like my parents, aren't even allowed to come to the ceremony. They have to stay at the hotel and watch it on TV. That's, that's where we're at right now. So hopefully that loosens up uh, by the end of July. Wow. Larry Walker is with us on 101 ESPN. Larry, we were talking earlier about what it would take for the Rockies to be able to win with the, the atmospheric conditions, with the way pitchers have to work in Denver for the for the home games. You played on a team that went to the playoffs in Denver back in, in 1995. What do you think it would take for that franchise to be able to win within the conditions that they have to play in? Well, that's like the $64,000 question right there, right? If you could get that one right, you'd probably be even manager, general manager. You might even own the ball club. But there's a, there's a lot of different people that have tried to find those answers. And, and the one time we made it when I was there, well, we mashed. Man, we went out there and, and we tried to hit the ball as far as we could and, and score runs because that was the way we had to do it, uh, is to score more than the other team. But... Um, I, I think the big thing that's been talked about is is actually 
playing the game. And it was, I talked about it when I played there and now it's kind of got more public when is how you feel your first couple of games back to, to, to Coors and how you feel, you feel your first couple of games when you leave Coors, that altitude, uh, that, that plays, a, uh, you know, havoc with you and messes you up and, and messes the ball up. So, uh, there's a constant adjustment on, on how you want to, how you have to approach the game, both at home and a road on the road. It's two different ball games, um, depending which uniform, the home uniform or the road uniform you have on. And it's, it's, it's a quite an adjustment for guys to make and, and, uh, you know, I think somehow that, you know, when we're human and we want to get out there and hit the ball as hard and far as we can sometimes on the road, especially. And I think the opposite probably needs to happen. Uh, a lot of small ball needs to be played on the road until you adjust back to, to sea level again. Larry, I remember a story Don Baylor told me one time about when Coors was being built, and he and I think Bob Gebhardt went out, and they were just they, they went out during the day and they checked out the the wind streams at Coors Field, and they determined with the way the wind blew that they had to have Larry Walker on the Rockies. Did he ever tell you that that a big part of the reason? And they wanted you anyway, but they thought that you'd really succeed with the way the wind blew at, at Coors Field. Oh, I've never heard that one. No, it's uh, that. That's the first. I, I just know when I became a free agent, um, and, and my first games in Colorado as were and as a visitor with the Expos, and we had the games were at Mile High Stadium, and there's eighty five thousand people going crazy. Now, I don't know about other athletes, but that uh, I ate that up. I was like, this would be great to play in this front of this many people every day. I'd love it. So, uh, you know, that and, and and the beauty of the city were the two things that attracted me there. So. Uh, but I didn't hear about the, the jet streams going out yet. I don't think you really needed them anyway. Well, you didn't. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, Dan mentioned that you watch the games. I'm always curious when we talk to Hall of Famers, guys who know baseball so intimately, who's a player that you love watching? Who's a player playing right now that you want to tune into all the time? Well, um, you know, listen, Mike Trout's, you know, a, a joy to watch on how he goes about the business. You know, not just how good he is with a bat in his hand or a glove on his hand. It's, it's, it's how he plays the game too. Um, and you know, today for me, the game has changed so much that part of why I'm not watching it a lot right now is all the antics that go on, and it's I'm not a fan of it. You know, I know a lot of people say, "Oh, they bring all this excitement to the game," and you know, I've seen plays where guys. You know, maybe slide into second base because they stretched a, a single, maybe into a double, and they get up and they gotta they gotta salute the dugout and do all their whatever they're doing, their signs and motions and everything. Meanwhile, the ball's been thrown away and up it's in it's in right field or left field, and they could have got, got another base. But all that stuff, uh, it's kind of turned me away from the game. But and that's why I enjoy watching just Mike Mike Trout go about his business. You know, he hits a home run, he runs the bases, comes in and. and and, and and does what Barry Sanders, I guess, used to do, acted like he's done it before, you know, when he scores a touchdown. So um, the, that's uh, probably the, the favorite one I enjoy watching. Larry, we uh, kind of a lost art is defense in the game, and I'm not sure I've seen a better defensive player than you. You were so smart, whether it was deking players, you had a great arm, you knew how to play the game. You, your base running was magnificent and taking the extra base and doing the little things. And obviously, you were a tremendous hitter. What what are you most proud of as you reflect back on on your career and what you were able to do in the white between the white lines? Well, I think you touched on it all, man. Is is I, I learned how to do it all. I, I grew up playing hockey. I didn't grow up playing baseball. So everything I learned um, was through the minor leagues. And uh, and I always just three things that stood out as I wanted to be a sponge. 
and I, and I was. And don't go to SpongeBob with that because that's not where I'm going. But, <laughs> but I but I, I I wanted to absorb everything that I was being taught and and everything I would see, and, and I did that. And I and I tried to incorporate that into how I would learn this game of baseball because at the beginning I didn't know the rules. I I couldn't hit fork balls or sliders. I never seen them. So just. Uh, I think just being a sponge and absorbing everything that was ever told to me or taught to me or, or, or what I saw and and even the things I, I saw that I didn't like, I would, you know, I'd make sure I'd never do them again. So just everything was was uh, absorbed in and, and then tried to translate that into the full package. I've talked to you a ton of times, and I don't think I've asked you this question, and if I had, I, I would have remembered. So hearing this, I'm, I'm curious, who was like the most influential guy where you had an at-bat and, and maybe it went well or didn't, but they, they pulled you aside, you're in the dugout, and you went through the at-bat. You talked about the at-bat, or there was a situation in running, and they said, hey, you, uh, you might want to think about doing this, or in the outfield you need to be doing this, or position yourself this with this count because of this t- particular scenario. Who were those guys that were really influential for you? Well, that's going to be part of my Hall of Fame speech, and I'll I'll say that part right now because you know you, you always get asked who's your favorite player, and I've and I've always said one guy, I guess, because uh, it was actually a group of guys, but the ringleader for it all was Tim Wallach uh, from my early days in Montreal, and uh, you know the, the whole the whole team of Spike Owen, Tom Foley, Mike Fitzgerald, these guys were all you know a great group and kind of took me under, but Tim was always there. But you know, like I I touched on with all the coaches and everything I was taught, I, I had to learn and. And, and hitting was always with Ralph Rowe, you know, back in the day. Uh, uh, my base running was done with Tommy Harper, you know, then the, that taught me a lot. Uh, J.R. Minor was actually my manager in, in A-ball in Burlington, Iowa, but he was always working with me in the outfield and, on, on how to defend, how to hold the ball and throw correctly. And, and ex-Cubs manager Mike Quaddy really did a little bit of everything. You know, you know the guy would throw BP and, uh, for hours and hours and, and, and just did everything uh, around the game. So, there's four guys right there that at the beginning were the ones that I remember being around and, and the ones I listened to and and, uh, and and listened to what they had to say and, and used it. Larry, Albert Pujols is in the news right now. Yesterday he was designated for assignment by the Angels and his future is in question. <laughs> but from one Hall of Famer to a future Hall of Famer, when you watched Albert Pujols play, tell us something about him that makes him the great player that he is. Well, I'll tell you... Just you know, and, and it was a joy to hit in front of him too, because it was you know guys are going to throw me stuff because they didn't want to have to face him. So my times in the Cardinal uniform was great to hit in front of him. But you know what? He just uh, he, he just used every bit of talent that he had. You know, he wasn't the fastest guy, but you know I, I enjoyed watching his base running. How he would you know a lot of times kind of slow down going into a bag and then. I'll say turn it on, but he didn't really turn it on. But he just, he like I deked out uh, deke base runners in the outfield with balls off the wall. He would deke outfielders with his base running on how he would lure them into thinking he wasn't going, and then and then take off and take that extra extra base. And you know, and, and like I say, the hitting is uh, that's a whole different. Uh, we need another Oprah show for that to talk about that because that's how amazing that was. Larry, it is great to hear your voice. We're looking forward to your Hall of Fame speech. Thanks so much for taking some time with us, and have a great weekend. Uh, thank you, guys, and uh, I guess 
Well, I hope all the games turn out in the tie this weekend for my sake. So, being <laughs> yeah. I play for both teams, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, if they're tied in the tenth, do you root for Tyler O'Neill, another Maple Ridge BC guy? <laughs> I, I'm always I'm always cheering for Tyler. You know, that's uh, you don't get more homegrown than that. So, uh, yeah, I enjoy that. But if it's got to be the tenth inning, can you just hit a walk off home run instead of having to start a guy on second base? Absolutely, <laughs> I like that idea. We're talking old school, Larry. Thanks. Take care. See you later. All right, thanks, guys. Hey, Larry. By the way, thanks for always being the best. I just want to say that you're you're just you're just the best. I'm so excited for you going into the Hall of Fame. It's 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 going to be awesome. Well, I appreciate it. I'm just I'm just a regular old Joe Canadian guy. That's how I see myself, and that's never going to change. You got it. Thanks, Larry. Larry Walker with us on 101 ESPN. Fantastic. Coming up, a guy who played a Canadian sport but is from St. Louis. Blues (laughs) analyst Joey Vitale is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Michelle, Dan, and Randy, tonight we have the Blues and the Golden Knights pregame at 8, faceoff at 9 on your home of the Blues, 101 ESPN. And Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale will be at the call. And Joey joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Randy, doing great, guys. You're doing awesome today. Thanks for asking. Hey, by Monday morning, will the Blues be a playoff team? Oh, I think that's very safe to say yes. I think it's safe to say not only not only listen, you're you're playing Vegas in a back to back this weekend, which is this is gonna be a tough matchup, don't don't get me wrong. But the Blues uh, number one have done very well against the Vegas Golden Knights, especially in their building. So the, the, the Blues have typically played them extremely well. So I think that I think they scratch and claw for a point or two, possibly. Uh, so that's number one reason why. Uh, but secondly, uh, the more important one, uh, not taking anything away from the Blues, you just need uh, three points of that magic number, as we all know. Either get three points or L.A. lose three points. Uh, and then on the flip side, who is L.A. playing? They have a back-to-back starting tonight versus the Colorado Avalanche. So to me, uh, that combination of the L.A. team uh, possibly losing a couple points here and there to the Colorado Avalanche and the Blues playing a good brain of hockey against the Vegas team they've had success against, I think by Monday we can we can secure ourselves in the playoffs, and then now we can just scoreboard watch as far as who that first-round opponent's going to be. Okay, Joey, so when the Blues get to the playoffs, as we head to the playoffs, what's something about this team that gives you confidence and something that you're concerned about? Well, you know, it's... I think the thing that gives me confidence is dependent upon who our opponent is. I think, I think you got to look at your opponent first until you, it's easy to sit here and say, well, I like the blues chances for X, Y, and Z, but until you know their opponent to me, it's just kind of fluffy, you know? So let's just take, for example, which I think might happen. I think Colorado is actually going to leapfrog Vegas. I think the blues are going to have a good weekend in Vegas. And I think Colorado, the fact they're playing the LA Kings four more times the rest of the year, not playing great teams. So I think the Colorado just two points, uh, four points behind Vegas with a game in hand. I actually think Colorado is going to leapfrog them. So let's just pretend, let's just pretend the Colorado takes that number one hole and then the Blues squeeze in there at number four. You know, why do I like the chances against a Colorado team, for example? Let's just stick with that one. Well, I like the fact that Colorado lost Ian Cole. Derek Johnson's been hurt all year. They lost the door off. They lost three of their most physical players in the last year. So Colorado used to be able to beat you a lot of different ways. Well, one way they can't really beat you anymore is through physicality. So I think the Blues can certainly be more physical on the Sam Gerrards, on the Kale McCars, on the Nathan McKinnons, and, and I like the chances from a physical standpoint against that team. Not to mention 
The St. Louis Blues have out, believe it or not, the St. Louis Blues have outscored Colorado five on five this entire season. The only time that really the Blues got tripped up was when Colorado's power play gets on the ice, and they've gone on the ice a lot this season. Now, playoff hockey, as we all know, things get a little bit tighter. I even think around the league, it's starting to kind of have that playoff feel as far as what the refs are not, not calling and allowed to play. So I think as the playoffs come around the corner, you're going to see more five-on-five. So with the physicality, I think the Blues in their advantage, and then a lot more five-on-five plays throughout the playoffs as well. That, to me, Michelle, is why I really like this matchup against Colorado, if it turns out to be that way. Joey, when the team was really struggling, uh, Craig Berube was asked what he wanted to see out of Jordan Bennington. And I'm not sure we've given him enough credit, but he said, I want to see that swagger back in number 50. And and he's kind of gone on quietly on a little tear here. He's been pretty good. He's eighth among uh, the 30 in save percentage. He's fourth in uh, high danger save percentage. I don't know about you. I think that's one of the, uh, clearly one of the main keys, if not the number one key as this team goes into postseason play. Oh, it's going to be huge, Dan. It's going to be absolutely huge. And, and I really loved his game. I like the way it's trended over the last two to three weeks. He looks very calm and composed. You know, every more, every day of a game, uh, probably much like you, Dan, we, we talk to usually one or two players over Zoom. We used to, the old days, the old days, uh, you know, up until last year, you know, you go into the locker room, you kind of small talk with some players, you just get some great information and, and stuff that you can kind of fit, fit in the broadcast in a certain way. And, and that's what I miss most about throughout this pandemic was I miss you know, being in that locker room and just small talking with guys, asking where they went for dinner last night, and just getting those small little, little tidbits that you can kind of fit and just get to know the players. Well, now with, with COVID, we're only allowed to talk to maybe one, maybe two players on a game day, usually after the morning skates like we will this morning. Last week, I had a chance, we had a chance to all catch up with Justin Falk. And as, as Justin Falk left and all the you know broadcasters kind of exited the Zoom, I was kind of hanging around and just, I forgot to get off it. Mike Caruso, our PR guy, said, hey, I got Biddington here. You want to say hi? He wasn't playing that night. It was the night that Billy Huso was going to play. So he was kind of nonchalantly just going about a business around the meeting room. And he sat down with me, and we just chatted for like 25 minutes. And we talked about everything from my uh, my fanny pack to the weather <laughs> to the pandemic, and literally anything. And, and, I, and I have to tell you, that conversation, as fun as it was, it, it really kind of gave me some insight on where this kid's demeanor is at and where his demeanor, his disposition, there's just a calmness about him. He, he, he feels like he, talking to him, you just you wouldn't think that he's feeling any pressure at all. He had a smile. He was cracking jokes. And this is, this is a goaltender at the time last week that they're still fighting for that playoff spot, right? And this team needed every, every ounce of wins they could find. So you would think the pressure would be mounting, but – just a very charismatic uh, appearance about him, uh, the way he was small talking, just having a good time. But that swagger you're talking about, Dan, that Craig Ruby wanted to see, uh, not only on the ice, but certainly off the ice, where to me this is where this, where this goaltender really, really his, his game is built upon. From the ground up, it's his off-ice demeanor, it's his off-ice personality. When you bring that to the table, I think everything on the ice really takes care of itself. Joe Vitale has quickly become a very – prolific father let's put it that way and your wife is a great mom prolific Mother, mom yeah prolific prolific is a good word so on sunday it's mother's day pro tip from joe vitale to the listeners for mother's day a new dad uh, for mother's day what do you do for mother's day for the mom oh gosh i mean what, what don't you do i mean listen what uh what these moms go through uh, i watched my wife do it over and over and over but you know, if, if, if we were, if, if men were to carry babies, I swear we'd be extinct by now. There's no way, there's no way our, our, our civilization would be what it was. These women, 
are so tough keeping. I mean, imagine having something kick around in your stomach and like, you know, the living being, I just, to me, it just blows me away. So whatever the mom says, uh, the mom goes, it's a wonderful day to celebrate everything they do for you. As far as they just overnight, you just put all your personal stuff aside and then you just do nothing but care for a baby and care for children. And it never ends. It never ends. Even when they get older, right? You're still going to bed at night. And the last thought is, you know, generally, you know, you're worried about a kid or you're worried about this or the schedule for tomorrow. Um, so without question, just, just take care of the moms. I'm making, we're making dinner. We're getting together at my mom's house. We're going to celebrate all the moms across the board and um, just be grateful for them to carry, carry around for 10 months. Like they do for, for bringing up in the world. And uh, pretty amazing. You know, our, our kids, our kids, we have a bird nest. We have a bird nest uh, right outside our front door. This, I swear this, this bird's so stupid. We have a front door we use about 30 times a day. And this mama bird decides to put a nest right on our reef, right on our front door. And where kids are constantly slamming that door, I'm like, this, this bird is nuts. But it kind of makes sense. I was thinking about it. The mom, talking about sacrifice, the mom probably realizes that I'm going to put a nest here because although it may be difficult for me to deal with my, my, my babies and I may lose a couple here and there, I think, I think the bird is smart because now it's keeping all – the predators away because it knows that no predator is going to come around our front door because the constant, the constant humans coming in and out. So you look at what this mom has to do. Uh, I'm watching her. We, we've watched her all along for the last three weeks. Um, she, she brings food to the baby birds every day. And these birds are just going nuts and the kids just get the biggest kick out of it. And it's a small example, but you look at what that, that mom's job, is to keep those things alive. And that, that's all they do. That's all they do is to keep that thing alive. I'll never forget bringing my first baby home. My wife was like, well, like, I guess what do we do? And the, the nurse looked at her, rubbed her shoulder and said, sweetheart, just keep that thing alive. That, that, is, that is your only job. And not to mention, they're kind of hard to kill. Like, like we're pretty resilient little things. But, um, you know, it is funny seeing the mom and bird. She just, she just puts food in the bird's mouth, which, you know, is kind of how we evolved where we used to be fed through our moms. A lot of people don't know this. This is why you kiss. People are always like, why do we kiss on the lips? It's kind of a weird thing. Why don't we touch ears? Why don't we, like, uh, rub elbows? Why, why is the sign of affection kissing? And believe it or not, mm. uh, there's a strong theory about this, that we kiss each other on the lips because that is the deepest sign of affection because we used to feed our children, as gross as it sounds, through our mouths. We used to do it just like birds did. A little robin so feeding action. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we would, we would actually feed our, our children through our mouths. So now we've evolved where when you kiss someone, it's the ultimate sign of love because you're giving them nutrition and, and nourishment. So every next time you kiss your wife or kiss your mom on Mother's Day, think about that. Well, Joey, that was the question was, what do you do uh, for Mother's Day? And I guess I got to go uh, get a parakeet. Two <laughs> <laughs> birds. Don't that hard. Oh, yeah. Actually, don't do that for your wife. She, you, she, you may get kicked out into the doghouse. Okay. Although, I wasn't sure. Although I'm starting to, I'm starting to realize that the doghouse is actually the, the peaceful house in my house these days. <laughs> I actually... I actually prefer the doghouse over my own house sometimes. Joey, I was trying to think of a transition because you really took us <laughs> on, a, on a journey there about the birds Sorry. and kissing. But Sorry you know what? That. The transition, Joey, is love because you know who St. Louis loves is David Backus. And I wanted to talk to you about what could have been his final game here in St. Louis. It was such a special night, such a special scene. And um, even though David Backus captain that we all thought would hoist the Stanley Cup, even though he didn't get that moment. I was thinking about it, and so many of the players that have come through this organization that got the Blues there were better because of David Backus. His fingerprints were all over that run. Oh, man, it was awesome. I mean, listen, yeah, you're right. You're right, Michelle. It's a great point. I mean, look at the Alexander Steens. 
I mean, look at the Jaden Schwartzes. You look at this. You look at this Steve Ott, who played with Backus, who's now the coach. So much, so much of the foundation of that championship team really kind of derived from the David Backus coming here. He spent a, he spent a decade here, and the brand of hockey that he played. You know, I'll never forget Sidney Crosby coming to town, and we would come on the, in the bus, and my first trip back here, and we were talking about St. Louis, and and he just constantly would always say like, God, I can't wait for this one to be over. I can't stand playing against Backus and Jackman. Those are the that that was a duo. The best player in the world could not stand, and David Backus really represented everything that Blues hockey was all about. As far as how 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 just courageous he was as a leader and how he just he didn't care who you were he just wanted to stick you and he wanted to be so difficult to play against he had so much pride shutting down the other team's best and i think that he the thing about david backus is he had a, a wonderful balance from what i understand he had a wonderful balance of being a great leader in the locker room but also being very close to the coach usually it's one or the other like it's very hard to walk that line where you're the coach's buddy but you're also good with the guys. Because if your coach's buddy, the guy's like, oh, my God, what, what a coach's pet or what a teacher's pet, right? But then it's the flip side. If, if you're just good with the guys and the coach sees that, then it's hard to get that communication from the coach to the captain, the captain to the players. But he walked this really fine line where he had respect from both sides, which was awesome. I mean, I think the emotions of seeing David Perron hug him at the end there, I mean, he had so many good good contacts as far as players that are still on this team. Uh, and not to mention just the emotions itself. I mean, look at, look at him on the bench. Um, just, you know, fighting back tears. His mom and dad come out, uh, kind of went really full circle for him. But, um, you know, one thing about David, I think we could all take away from, and actually take, take, taking the Mother's Day, you know, the, the emotions and his, his, his ability just to cry. I think that's a good thing. Like, he's an emotional guy. I'll never forget in 2016 when he lost to the Sharks and he was just in tears. And, and that still kind of gives me goosebumps, you know. So, so, guys out there, if David Backus can cry, I think you can cry. So, go out there, show some emotion this weekend, and tell your mom you love her. Absolutely. Joey V, always great to talk to you. We'll be tuned in tonight. Have a great weekend. Have a happy Mother's Day, and we will talk to you next week. Absolutely, guys. Have a great weekend as well. Good talking to you. Thank you. That is Joe Vitale with us on 101 ESPN. We are halfway home, and that means the fight is coming your way on 101 ESPN. We are right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Character and Smallman with Danny Mac on this Friday. It's 839. That time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And it's time for the final edition, at least this week, of the fight. So let's welcome in Randy's competition today. Randy's challenger is Andy. What's up, Andy? How you doing today? I'm good. How are you all doing? We're doing great. Andrew, uh, do you have children? Go ahead, I Dan. do, but I tell you, you're actually in the car with me right now. Okay, did you hear Joey Vitale and some advice for Mother's Day? Are you going to follow that? Yes, absolutely. Okay, good. <laughs> well, good luck to you on Mother's Day. All right. Thank you. And good luck in the fight, Andy. Question number one. Albert Pujols attended high school at Fort Osage High School, located in which Kansas City suburb? Is it Lee's Summit, Blue Springs, or Independence? I believe it's Blue Springs. All right. Larry Walker was elected into the Baseball's Hall of Fame in 2020, the second Canadian to earn the honor. Who was the first? Roy Halladay, Fergie Jenkins, or Tim Raines? Fergie Jenkins. 
Andy, following his tenure with the Coyotes, Blues analyst Joey Vitale was traded to which NHL team in 2016 before retiring from his playing career? Was it the Detroit Red Wings, the LA Kings, or the San Jose Sharks? I believe it was San Jose. And our guest at 9.30, Daniel Descalso, was drafted by the Cardinals 2007 out of which university? UC Davis, UCLA, UC Santa Barbara. UC Santa Barbara. Okay, All right. You're very efficient yes. with your uh, thinking here. You're, just, you're letting it rip. Andy, are you confident <laughs> in, your, uh, in your selections? Uh, I am pretty confident, yes. Okay, good. I like that. We have a confident... Uh, challenger Randall as he's making his way to the microphone, putting on the headsets. Say good morning to Andy. Andy, didn't I get beat yesterday? Not by me. I beat you uh, a couple years ago. No, we were supposed to. Not a, we were supposed oh, to have a return yeah, what, fighter. What today. happened, Emily? That's my bad. I totally. Oh, that's no. totally my bad. Oh boy. So we have someone out Andy. there sitting by the phone who was waiting, waiting to defend he just their title. Him. Totally my bad. Oh, oh what boy. was their name? His Brandon. Name? Brandon, we are so sorry, Brandon. Brandon, totally you'll be back on my mind. We'll have him Monday. Well, unless well, Andy wins. And then yeah. you okay. got you, you got Andy and Brandon Problems. together to take on Randy. How about if we have Andy and Brandon go at it together if Andy wins? No, today? sir. Because you're can, the undisputed king, uh, king of morning drive radio. Maybe they can team up against you, both of them. Brandy, the two of them together. Oh, oh there you <laughs> go, Michelle. Also, I just want to let everyone know I like to do the play-by-play behind the scenes here. When Randy walks back in the studio, Dan makes sure to cover up his sheet so that Randy can't even get a (laughs) glimpse of the fight. And I don't even think of the idea that there's the fight that's actually written out. It never crosses my mind. I just want the listeners to know, though, that Dan has their back at all times. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of people come at me like I I don't, and I do. Dan does. Um, Justice for Brandon. Justice for Brandon. Okay, well, let's get through this. This is Andy's moment. Sorry, Andy, Brandon, yeah, but this sorry. is Andy's moment. The spotlight's moment. on you. Yes, so Rand- Randy versus Andy. Okay, question number one, <laughs> Randy. Albert Pujols attended high school at Fort Osage High School, located in which Kansas City suburb? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't have any idea. So I'll clip that one off. Never heard that from Randy. Yeah. Put that on his machine with the sound bites. What county? What suburb? Suburb. Uh, I'll do the lifeline, I guess. Is it Lee Summit, Blue Springs, or Independence? <laughs> okay, I'm going to say it's not Independence. So I will go with uh, Blue Springs. Okay. Larry Walker, as you know, Randy, was elected into Baseball's Hall of Fame in 2020. Yes. The second Canadian to earn the honor. Who was first? I will say that it was Ferguson Jenkins, Dan. Mm-hmm. Randy, following his tenure with the Coyotes, Blues analyst Joey Vitale was traded to which NHL team in 2016 before retiring from his playing career? So he started out with Pittsburgh, and then he went to Arizona, and then I think he may have never played for the Wed Wings. Our guest at 9.30, Daniel Descalso, was drafted by the Cardinals in 2007 out of which university? Which university? I'm going to go that uh, with... Uh, and you don't get a lifeline. I, I don't? No, you don't need it. Let's go. You, you're all knowing. <laughs> I am. So he's from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did he go to school? He wasn't an Arizona guy. Mm. I don't think. Mm. Um, 
Daniel Descalso College Ball. A lot of college ball questions here. Um, I will go with... uh, I'm going to go with a Pac-12, Dan. All right. I'm just trying to uh, break it down here. Yeah. I'll go with... uh, I'll go with Arizona State. All right. Close fight today. Emily, let him know who won. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight sponsored by Ryan Kelly and HeroLoan.com. Check out how they help veterans and service members at the new and improved HeroLoan.com. No celebration out of Randy today. That's because Dan was dissing me. I was not. Dan, Dan did a derisive wave. <laughs> I did not. I, I was very happy for you. You put in a great effort. Thanks, Dan. No problem. Andy, great effort out of you as well. You got one correct. Randy only got two today. This was Ooh. a tough fight. Emily comes up with really tough yeah. questions. Yes. So you guys are probably wondering the answers. Since yeah. It seems like we didn't really know any of them today. So um, Albert Pujols attended Fort Osage High School, which was located in the Kansas City suburb of Independence. It was Independence. Yes, okay. it was Independence. Yeah, you both got this one right. Larry Walker is the second Canadian-born um a uh, guy from Canada, that would be Canadian-born. And uh, he's headed to the Hall of Fame. The first was Fergie Jenkins. From Chatham, Ontario, because yes. I know people were wondering. Joey Vitale was traded to the Detroit Red Wings in 2016 before retiring from his playing career. I can't believe you guys didn't get this. Our guest at 930, Daniel Descalso, attended UC Davis. Everybody oh, knows Oh, Cal that. Davis. There you go. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Everybody knows that one. Yeah. Andy, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for playing. Have an awesome weekend. Awesome. Thank you. You do the same. Thank you very much, Andy. I was going to say Cal. Would that have counted? Nope. Nope. No, sir. And I do want everyone... Ozzy went to Cal San Luis Obispo. There's a lot of Cal-something. Yeah, There's a, yeah, there is a lot of Cal-somethings. Brandon did check in, uh-huh. and he says, all good, no hard feelings. Going to join us on Monday. And he said, give Randy a chance today. I get it. Oh, wow. That's and I'll nice tell you what. Appreciate the, it. Thank I you, really love the fact that he started with no hard feelings because... That's a guy that understands that mistakes can happen. But then mm-hmm. to come back with give Randy a chance today, that is a shot across the bow. That's fine. Well, you're yeah. obviously still upset about it. You get yeah. visibly, emotionally, physically upset when you lose. And I'm here. At, Michelle may not tell fans. I will because I won't be here Monday. I don't have to worry about it. You get upset. Well, I always enjoy when people decide that they want to take the fight Randy style without... Uh, multiple choice, and that's clearly what Brandon has determined today that he wants to do on Monday. No, oh, he I did don't, not. Don't you put that evil on him? No, no. way. I, that's if you're that good. Essentially, you can do what it. he was saying, mm-hmm. right? Is no, that was that was my fault. The Albert news threw me in a confusion. Yeah, you can handle okay, it, Randy. You can handle it. Oh, I know I can. All right. Well, so can Brandon. You know what Dan does? He stirs it up on a Friday, and then he leaves it for me on a Monday. <laughs> he leaves an angry Randy coming to the fight on a Monday. I think I'm a man of the people, speaking on behalf of Brandon and other Joe listeners that are not average. Joe's and Jane listeners. That's right. We're going to talk to Kim Tim Kirkjian at 8 o'clock. So we're going to talk and get some of your reaction to Albert Pujols being DFA'd by the Angels next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. (laughs) 
That's drilled out to left field. This one's got a chance to get out of here, and it does! Big fly for Albert Pujols. 661st of his career, and he stands alone in the number five spot all time on the home run list. Yeah, the machine rolling by now to say, hey, kid. 387 feet for Pujols. Albert Pujols, DFA'd by the Angels, hit so many milestone home runs in Anaheim. He obviously hit number 500. He passed Mark McGuire. He hit number 600. He passed Willie Mays, moved into fifth on the all-time list, is not going to get to 700 with the Angels. There was a lot that went into him hitting those milestone home runs. That was a big part of his contract with the Angels, and they say that they're going to keep his legacy around, that all of the giant murals of his milestone home runs in Anaheim are going to stay up there. And they should. I mean, it's a big part of their history, and uh, it's part of his legacy. You know, it, it's a situation where I think a lot of people are saying, how could they do this to him in the final year of his contract? It's not It's not like it's foreign. It, it's been done before. We have a future Hall of Famer that's been released. Mm-hmm. Steve Carlton was released four times. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't the orchestrated great farewell that I'm sure he anticipated or others that are close to him or maybe even some teammates like he had. I remember like with uh, even with all the issues that A-Rod had with the Yankees that was orchestrated. Ichiro, his final games were in Japan um, and they made sure that it was a great send off for him. That's the Ozzy. Exactly. That's the storybook way you want to go out. It just wasn't meant to be for Albert. And he has said he wants to continue to play if there's a team that's willing to take him on. We're going to talk to Tim Kirkton in just a few moments, but we do have some texts from you, and we do appreciate them. Michelle, what do you got? From the 660, it would be awesome to see Albert back in in a Cardinals uniform. I think the best scenario would be to sign him and release Carpenter. And besides that, the Cardinals would sell so many tickets and merchandise. Problem is, Carpenter bats left-handed. Albert is right-handed. You need a left-handed bat. Carpenter has supplied that off the bench. Now, as an everyday player, he hasn't, but he's given you a couple of big home runs when you needed it, and he's a left-handed bat. That's the difference. And I do think if you look historically, and I'll double-check here because I'm not 100% positive, I think Carpenter might be a better pinch hitter over the course of his career than yes. Pujols has been, too. And and that's something Albert really hasn't done. you no. got to wonder how he would morph into that role because if he came to St. Louis, that's what he's going to do. He's not going to play every day. There is no DH. He's not going to take the spot of Paul Goldschmidt. So if he understands it, and you'd have to be under the full understanding, if he comes here, Albert, here's your role. If somebody gets hurt, yeah, maybe we could put you at first base. We're in American League City. You're the DH. And we'll, we'll try to get you some at-bats when it's best for the team to use you as a pinch hitter. And if you're good with that, then maybe there's some uh, connection there. And if not, then he's got to look somewhere else. From the 314, if the Cardinals signed Albert Pujols, I would be the first in line at the ticket office. Now, that's the other side of this, is the business side of what he would mean to bring in fans to the ballpark. And especially, you know, you think about how we've done with COVID and, and just from one month to the next month to the next month and how much you progress. Where are we in September? in terms of mm-hmm. open stadiums and it's a farewell tour for Albert and his final games in St. Louis place would be packed to see him. I would assume that's yeah. my assumption. No doubt. Oh, absolutely. Everybody. And, and you know, it's a finite amount of time that you have to see him in a Cardinals uniform. Again, people would be clamoring for those tickets. And as we also talked about too, is there a lesser team out there that says, Hey, you want to go for 700? We'll give you that chance. We don't care if you hit a buck 80. 
go pop some home runs, and maybe as you get closer to 700, we get the chance to sell some tickets. Speaking of that from the 314, I would love to see Albert back in St. Louis, but what about Colorado? They've got nothing going on, plus they have that sweet, sweet elevation. I, the teams that I looked at right now would be that would make some sense. I thought the White Sox maybe, especially with Eloy Jimenez out, Robert is going to be out. I thought, well, could there be a spot? But you look at what they have at DH. It's been very productive. Then I thought, well, obviously St. Louis is a spot. And the other thing was the White Sox with the Tony connection. Would that be something of interest there? Um, St. Louis, obviously, with the history here. Another one that kind of does make a little sense for a brief time would maybe be Cincinnati. Yeah. Because Joey Votto's out for at least a month. Maybe that's something there in that ballpark. Maybe he gets some, you know, do some damage there. From the 314, how special would it be to see Albert, Yachty, and Wayno all go out together? Be cool. I want to see him win. So if he gives you a best chance to win, let's, let's see him. And if not, then Father Time is caught up with every one of us. Father Time is undefeated. Yes, he is. And the other two guys are very productive. Mm-hmm. Yadier Molina, prior to the injury, was productive. Wainwright, uh, Wainwright has been, you know, productive, I think, uh, even though the numbers may not show it in its totality. And Albert, I think what we forget is for fans that are out there and you don't see him play late on the West Coast, and maybe you've only remember his time here or the, the series here, it's not the player that you'd be getting. It's a different player. Yeah. It's just a different player. That's the key. From the 314, last one, guys. I think it's time that Cardinals fans give the front office some slack for not signing Albert Pujols to that 10-year deal. There's no reason to bring him back right now outside of the legacy standpoint. Certainly, that would be a part of it as to why you do it. It's the legacy part. And the other thing about it, um, the, the front office made a tough decision, and that had to be grueling on Mr. DeWitt because of the understanding of his history. You probably don't have both Wayno and Yachty here. Right. And after that year, you don't know about Carlos Beltran being in St. Louis, who helped you get to the 2013 World Series. And I'm not, just, I'm not going to say that they wouldn't have gotten there uh, if they had pools. They might have gotten there, too. But the back end of the 10 years, as we're seeing right now, it's not pretty. Not pretty. Thanks, Michelle. You got it. Coming up, Tim Kirkchen of ESPN talking about the legacy of Albert on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Michelle Smallman and Dan McLaughlin. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. And we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Tim Kirchin of ESPN, the premier historian for baseball in America right now, is with us to talk some Albert Pools. Tim, we always enjoy having you on the show. How are you doing? I'm well, everyone. How are you guys? We're, we're doing well. And obviously, as you would note, the topic of conversation here in St. Louis is Albert Pujols. And, and I want to start with this, Tim. Were you at all surprised yesterday when word came down? Yes, I was. I did not think the Angels would do that. I understand why they would do it, but I still didn't think they would. Um, I thought he would be able to go out on his terms, finish this contract, but I understand they have another first baseman. They have a full-time DH when he's not pitching. So there just wasn't room for Albert, and he's far too proud of a guy to be a bench player, a part-time player. So they thought all sides would be best served if he was designated for assignment. And yet, as much sense that made on a lot of levels, it was still a surprise to me. 
Tim, where do you think his next landing spot is? Um, Michelle, I'm not sure. I mean, the Cardinals make sense, but they have a first baseman and they don't have a DH, so therefore they don't make sense. Uh, the White Sox with Tony La Russa, uh, they have a DH, but they have a bunch of DHs on that team, and they have an everyday first baseman, Jose Abreu, who won the MVP last year, and Albert has, through through others, made it clear he'd like to play first base every day, and that's not going to happen with the White Sox. So, Maybe another team will come forward, but at this moment, I'm not sure that team is going to surface anytime soon. So we'll have to see where this goes. And if he doesn't play again, he will be one of the greatest players we've ever seen. But it will be kind of sad that he will have to go out not on his own terms. Where would you put him in in terms of all your baseball you've seen and understanding the history of the game? What would be your Mount Rushmore of hitters, and would he be on that well, that's a really hard question. I think, for me, he's the second or third greatest first baseman of all time after Lou Gehrig and then with Jimmy Fox, either second or third. It's about a toss-up there. Um, as for right-handed hitters, I, I think you could make a case. He's the top one of the top five right-handed hitters of all time. I would go, you know, this is totally subjective, I would go Rogers Hornsby, Jimmy Fox, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Albert Pools. But there are about another 20 guys that would say, no, 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 I need to be in the top five there. But uh, Albert's first 10 years were just so remarkable, so incredible, that I'm just not sure you can overlook them in the career value. Tim, after the 2011 season, after the Cardinals won the World Series, they offered Albert $210 million, and obviously he turned it down. In your opinion, did the Cardinals kind of dodge a bullet when he turned down that contract, the way things have played out? Yes, because obviously he has not been the same player with the Angels as he was with the Cardinals. Again, it's almost impossible to be the same player with the Cardinals. That's how great he was. And he did hit 222 home runs as, as an Angel. That's how many Don Mattingly, great, great player, hit in his career with the Yankees. So he wasn't totally unproductive, but he was clearly hurt. He clearly had to pay and play in pain. He couldn't play first base every day. And that, you know, decreased his value as it does with many players who get to be the age of Albert pool. So yes, the Cardinals uh, probably in the end won on that one. If it's possible to say they got rid of one or they, one of the greatest players of all time left the team and long-term they were probably better off for that. Tim, part of that deal with Albert and the Angels was the personal services contract. Do you think the news yesterday impacts that at all? Um, I don't think so. I, I think the way the contract is structured, when Albert retires, then the 10-year, $10 million uh, contract kicks in. And whenever retirement comes, so as far as I can tell and I checked, I don't think they left on terrible terms. Um, the, the Angels sat him down and said, look, this is where we are. This is what we need to do. And we want you as a part of the organization in another capacity for the, you know, the lifetime contract situation, the personal services con- contract. So it's a very interesting spot, but I don't think it will change. He's going to get that money 
and he should because it's part of the contract. He's made it uh, very public. He wants to get to 700. That doesn't happen, though, if he is a bench player. Do you think St. Louis would be the only place that he would say, you know what, I'll forgo the idea of being an everyday DH or everyday player but because I have a chance to come back to St. Louis and come off the bench and get a spot start here or there or be the DH in American League cities? Uh, I, I, I don't think so. I think he wants more than that. And again, he's such a proud player that playing twice a week or something just isn't going to be enough for him. And he wants to produce. He doesn't want to just be a feel-good story coming back to St. Louis. Would I do it if I were him? Sure, if they offered me a deal. But I'm not Albert Pujols. I don't have 600 homers and 3,000 hits and two World Series championships. By the way, no one else has that. He's the only one in history with 600, 3,000, and two championship rings. Tim, another guy who is a one-of-one one is Willie Mays, and you put a great piece up yesterday at ESPN.com on Willie's 90th birthday. The only player in history with a 50-homer season and a 20-triple season. Is there anybody in baseball, of all these great young players, Acuna, Soto, uh, Buxton, is there a guy capable of having a 50-home run season and a 20-triple season? Well, we don't hit triples anymore. The Yankees still don't have one, and here we are on May the 7th. Um, So, yes, Acuna Jr. is capable, but with all due respect to our young players, I'm not sure there's 20 triples in any of them, not because they're you know, not fast enough to do it, but they're so strong when they hit it near the fence, it usually goes over the fence, and some of them really like to stand at home plate and admire what they've done, and that's going to cost him a couple triples per year. So I'm going to say Willie Mays uh, will be the last guy in my lifetime to have a 50-homer season and a 20-triple season. Tim, Nolan Arnato facing his former team in the Rockies this weekend. We've been talking today about how difficult it is to win in Colorado for so many reasons. If it was up to you, if you were put in charge there, what's one thing you would do that you think would provide the Rockies with some success? Well, they're in big trouble right now without Arenado and with some of the issues they have within the organization. I think they made the right step. Jeff Breidich, the general manager, stepped down. Now what they need to do is they need to embrace analytics a little bit more. It's a hard thing for me at 64 to say, but it's something that all the teams are doing, and it needs to be done better in Colorado. And whoever runs the team out, Bill Schmidt will run the team for the moment. You've got to listen to your people. And that's where you start with. And then, of course, they have to they have to upgrade their pitching. They have to keep Trevor Story long-term, which is going to be extremely difficult to do because the thought, and it's a very legitimate thought, of losing Arenado one year and Story the next, that's what's going to happen at this point. So I would put all my money into keeping my great shortstop in town. What do you thought of the, uh, the Cardinals' start so far? What do you think of this team? Uh... They're they're pretty good. I picked them to win the division. I still think they're going to win the division. Um, it's been a little erratic, but they've had some injuries. They've had some people who haven't produced as well as I thought they would. But I'm going to give them way longer than a month and a month and five weeks to figure this out. Um, I think they're going to hit better than they did last year. I think when they get that rotation healthy. I think it's going to be better, and I think they're going to win the division at the end. But not because they're a great team. I'm just not sold, certainly, on the Reds or the Cubs. 
Brewers have great starting pitching at the moment, but I still think the Cardinals will be the best team in the division at the end of the year. Tim Kirkchen, as we let you go, a two-parter. Does Albert Pujols go into the Hall of Fame with an STL on his cap? And what's your, if this is it, if he doesn't play anymore, what's your lasting memory, the one that stands out for you of Albert? He has to go in with an STL on his hat. They won two championships there, and he was basically the best hitter in baseball along with Barry Bonds there for an 11-year stretch. So there's no doubt about that. And, of course, I was at Minute Maid Park when he hit the home run off of Brad Lidge. I have never in my life been in a ballpark that was that loud and then have it go that quiet that quickly. It was an, a remarkable night and a remarkable swing. And the, the kicker to the whole thing is when, when the, when the uh, Astros got on the team plane to fly – Back to St. Louis, where they won game six. Brad Austin, their catcher, got on the radio inside the plane like he was a stewardess or something and said, uh, everyone, if you look out the right side of the plane, you'll see Albert Pools' home run. It is still orbiting the earth. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's how far he hit it. And yet the Cardinals came back and, I mean, the uh, Astros came back and the Cardinals just shut them down. So it was, uh, that's what I'll always remember. It was amazing. Tim Kirchin, happy Bartolo Colon home run day. And, uh, <laughs> and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Okay, guys. See you. See you later. Bartolo Colon hit his home run five years ago today. Wow. It was a good one in San Diego, correct? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What's your lasting memory? What's your favorite memory of Albert? I, it's got to be that, I it, guess. It is, which is amazing because it came from a series that the Cardinals lost for all of the winning and all of the magical home runs. The the three home run day at Wrigley Field, the, the first that was one, a neat one was awesome. And then the, the one that really st- stands out to me, I guess, at least the, that I was at, were, were the back-to-back Saturday and Sunday walk-offs against the Cubs. Pretty good. So he was remarkable. But I think the Brad Lidge home run is at the top of that list. I, it's it's close for me. I, I, I For me, being the guy calling some of these moments, the, the, the day at Wrigley was incredible. That was also a day that So Taguchi turned on a 100-mile-an-hour fastball from Kyle Farnsworth, which was, I think, maybe even more remarkable than three home runs hit that day. Uh, the 2,000th hit against the Cubs in St. Louis mm-hmm. was one that stands out for me. His 400th home run in Washington – and then the home run that he hit returning as a member of the Angels was yeah. remarkable. That was just a neat weekend, and that was the icing on – or the cherry on top and, and just uh, a celebration, really, of his career in St. Louis. Three home runs in a World Series game, pretty good, too. Yeah. yeah. Comes to mind. It's amazing that we can just <laughs> that we get, be a minute and a half and talk about five or six different things before we get to a three home run World Series game. You know, the other thing, too, is I was in San Diego, and I think it was when he set the um, – the rookie home run mark for the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. And that was a big deal. You know, this guy just, he came out of nowhere and had this unbelievable season that, uh, and didn't stop. I mean, it just, he got better and better, which was remarkable. You're killing me. Smalls is coming your way on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. (laughs) Single by Eckstein, a walk 
to Edmonds, and how about Albert Pools? Oh, by the way, what an at-bat by David Eckstein. Yep. That was right before something. him. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Very impressive, and obviously the most impro- impressive home run most of us will ever see. And it is amazing. Kirchin, Jeff Passan put a video up of that home run yesterday and said the most impressive home run that I've ever seen in person. I don't know how you could have a more impressive home run than that. I think national writers will say that because they're watching this on the biggest stage, and the Astros are one out away from the World Series, and here's this guy that's been a... Astros killer and he does it again and there was nowhere to put him and he hits a bomb off of one of the best relievers at the time it was and if they didn't have the paneling closed it would have left the ballpark yeah that's how far he hit it <laughs> seriously yeah. he would have knocked the train off the tracks if he could have hit it It was above the train or above the tracks. so if the train would have been there it would it hit off the train awesome. the train was down towards center field I think or left either left field or center not in the middle where he hit it and as Tim Kirchin said that place was so loud and got so quiet yeah. in the blink of an eye it was unbelievable it's one of the loudest stadiums that you can go to um, I've been there when mm-hmm. it's postseason like mm-hmm. that it is incredibly loud might be the loudest in baseball really yeah so that was magical. Hey, we want to hear from you, and let's hear from Brandon with a mic drop from the Rhino Shield mic drop feature on your app on 101 ESPN. So with Albert Pujols, I think a landing spot would most definitely be the Chicago White Sox as a reuniting with him and Tony LaRusso, if that makes sense. I don't know numbers-wise, but I think it could work. Their DH is putting up great numbers, yeah. and they have a first baseman that's the reigning MVP. So in terms of where it works on the roster, it doesn't. And in terms of Tony La Russa right now, let's just say that um, it's not gone swimmingly no. this first month with admitted, uh, admitting that he didn't know the rules the other day on a certain play in extra innings. There's been questions on how he's handling his bullpen. I would imagine that his wiggle room on certain things or decision-making, even though... This comes down to he and Jerry Reinsdorf. I mean, if if Jerry Reinsdorf says, let's go get him because Tony wants him, then that all bets are off. All mm-hmm. baseball people don't have a decision in that. But his wiggle room on some of these things is is pretty short. And in watching Tony's postgame Zooms, I wonder if he's going to be able to make it through the season. Our concern before the season was, could he handle the grind, the physical grind of this? And, man, he just appears to be, he sounds very old. And they're a good team. Mm-hmm. And with high expectations, even with Eloy Jimenez out, even with Robert out. Um, but the spot that he, if, if you said Abreu was out, then I could say, okay, well, maybe that makes some sense. Yeah. But he's not. And they have a DH that's producing. I also wonder with some of the criticism that Tony La Russa is taking in Chicago that the game, ha- a lot of people in Chicago might think that he's not fit for today's game, that it's it's different. Do you really want to bring in a player who is connected to Tony La Russa that people might say the same things about? It doesn't seem right. like a good PR move for that. There's them. an article right now in the Chicago Tribune that's written by Paul Sullivan that says, mm-hmm. do not, he said he deserves a great send-off. Unfortunately, it's just not here in Chicago. Yeah, and by the way, Tony intentionally walked Albert in the opening series of the season. So that's the level of respect that Tony still has for Albert. Sometimes you can have a little bit too much. Let's hear from Jazz. Happy Friday, guys. Pujol signs for a bench bat. Fast forward, October, bottom of the ninth, game seven of the World Series. Carp gets on. Yachty knocks him in to tie the game. Pujols comes up, walk-off home run to win 12 and 21. 
That would be magical. I also have some winning lotto numbers, too, maybe. Did you get those from Brad? Because if so, I- I'm Jazz, in on that actually. pool. <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. Then there's a thing called reality. Yeah, that steps in, and that'll slap you upside the head really fast. Yeah. I, I think one of the... If he's going to reunite with anybody, I I look at the Royals. I know some people have talked about that with the, the text line. That I could make a case for that one. I can make a case for that one. Mike Matheny is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's back in his true hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess the Dominican would be his true hometown, but in the United States. And uh, I could see that happening. And, uh, you know, the, the Royals would hear it all the time that here was his 13th round pick that got away. Mm-hmm. In our backyard, and it becomes the greatest right-handed hitter that, for for my money, that I've ever seen. Um, I don't know. I, I could see it maybe. I liked how Jazz had Carpenter up there too, and Yachty. I mean, he had all the. Great. It was playing the hits. Yeah, the whole crew was there. Absolutely. Yeah. By the way, Tony and his White Sox are at Matheny and the Royals tonight and for the weekend. And they'll be they'll be asked about it yep. for sure. Mm-hmm. Both of them will, and they should be. From the 314, Albert would be a great bench player because the Cardinals would get another great coach on the bench. I have thought about that. The mm-hmm. part of, of his knowledge of the game and, and kind of like how Wayno does it with the pitching staff, you certainly would get that with Albert Pujols. But I'm not paying for that. I'm paying for a guy that can play. And if they feel he can play, then bring him in. If not, then, you know, he goes somewhere else. More on Albert and more on this series coming up with the Cardinals and the Rockies with former Cardinal, friend of Nolan Arenado, teammate of Albert Pujols, Daniel DeSolo next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. and Rockies tonight at the ballpark. Dan McLaughlin will have the call on Bally Sports Midwest at 7 o'clock. And former Cardinal and former Rocky Daniel Descalso, kind enough to join us on 101 ESPN with Dan McLaughlin and Michelle Smallman. This is Randy Carricker. And Daniel, first of all, thanks for taking some time with us this morning. How's everything going for you? Of course, guys. Good morning. I'm, I'm doing well. No, no complaints over on my end. Was Trey Lance the guy you wanted? <laughs> Uh, you know what? I I was uh I kinda wasn't sure who they were gonna go with. Um, you know, they had all the Mac Jones uh hype, but I, I didn't really believe that. I kinda thought Justin Fields was their guy, but uh I'm intrigued by Trey Lance. I think his upside's really high. Um, you know, Shanahan got his guy and he's been able to do some impressive work with some quarterbacks over the years, so it's um uh, I'm intrigued to see what he's gonna do with Trey Lance. Daniel, Nolan Arenado, a guy that you played with that you know well, is facing his former team and the Rockies this weekend. Uh, knowing him the way that you do, when you found out that he was, in fact, coming to St. Louis, what was your reaction? Oh, you know, I thought it was a perfect fit. Um, you know, I, I knew that there was some interest on both sides. Um, you know, Nolan would always ask questions about St. Louis, um, you know, what it was like playing there. And, um, you know, similar to, uh, you know, when, when Goldie got traded over there, you know, just a perfect fit. Uh, for the city, for the organization, and, uh, you know, guys that you want to have on your team. Yeah, how much fun do you think he's having here, knowing his personality and knowing how he's been uh, received so far by the fan base? Yeah, you know, I think it's been great. Um, I've talked to him a little bit, you know, after that, uh, got a nice curtain call early in the season. I know that that fired him up. Um, 
you know, all he's ever wanted to do is, is uh, you know, win a World Series, and, and now he's in a spot where, um, you know, that you're expected to compete for that every season. You won a World Series here in St. Louis, and Albert Pujols is back in the news. Uh, now that he's no longer with the Angels, he's looking for his next landing spot. When people will ask you about him, what will you tell them? What's one story about playing with Albert that you would share with other people? Well, you know, I just uh, – I always recall Albert's, Albert's work ethic, you know, when I when I was his teammate, it was his tenth year in the big leagues, and and he had had you know the best nine or ten year run, um, you know, start a career that we've ever seen, and, and just watching him from a distance, um, you know, show up to the ballpark, um, you know, there's a lot of obligations when you're a superstar, whether it's media or you know off field stuff, and you know he took it all in stride, but he was on a mission when he got to the ballpark, he had his routine, you know, whatever he had to do to get his body ready, get his mind ready to go out and you know, hit third for the Cardinals that night. He, he did it every day. And, you know, so I learned a lot about about routine and preparation from him. Daniel Descalso with us on 101 ESPN. Daniel, it seems like we're watching a different game than the one you came up to with the Cardinals in 2010. In your career, uh, I just want to get your perspective as a player. What was the biggest change that you saw? Well, I just think velocity from, from bullpens. Um, you know, when I first came up, there were maybe a couple guys in each bullpen that were, you know, 95 plus. Now it seems like maybe the everybody's last guy in the bullpen is the guy who throws, you know, 95 to 100. He just might not have an idea where it's going. Um, you know, I think you've seen pitchers are more willing to walk guys and pitch away from contact. You know, if you walk three guys and strike out three guys, you don't give up any runs at anything. So, you know, they're trying to miss bats and, uh, you know, velocity allows you to uh, make some more mistakes, um, get away with them. So I, I just think uh, the velocity out of the bullpens, the, uh, you know, the velocity with which some of these starters are, are throwing for six, seven innings now is, is a big change from when I came up. Do you think that hitters are less inclined to swing the bat? You, you mentioned that pitchers don't have any qualms about walking a guy. And it, and it seems like guys are, are just more intent upon not making it out and taking a walk. Yeah. You know, I think that, that comes with uh, that change. Like, you have to be able to um, can control the strike zone as a hitter um, and know that, you know, that guy might not have as good a command on the mound. So maybe you're not going to be as aggressive early in the count, kind of make him come over the plate. Um, and if you do that, you know, a walk's as good as a single. Daniel, it's hard to believe it's been 10 years since the 2011 World Series. That It feels like it happened just a few years ago, but we've been doing a lot of reflection on the 10-year anniversary. And when I look back at that team, yes, you have Albert Pujols and the three home run World Series games. There's the David Freeze moment. But I think one of the things that always stands out to me was how impactful the Memphis Mafia was in that World Series win. That had to be very cool for you to be experiencing that with so many guys that you came up with. Yeah, you know, we talk about it all the time. You know, uh, John Jay and Alan Craig and David Freeze, myself have a have a group text going, and um, you know, we've been talking about the reunion and how it's been ten years. But yeah, for us to to uh, you know not only just be a part of of that season together, all of our you know first pretty much first full season in the big leagues and being on the on a playoff team, but having an impact on on a team that won the World Series, and um, you know, for us to do that as as young players, it's something that we. We talk about still and are, uh, you know, very fortunate to have that opportunity. Daniel, who's the most active guy in the Memphis Mafia group chat? Um, it's probably John Jay. He doesn't sleep very much. So, you know, he's on the he's on the uh, East Coast in the offseason. So sometimes I'll wake up to, you know, a multitude of text messages from him. So, you know, we call him No Sleep Jay because he's always off doing some, something in Miami, whether it's, 
you know, riding his bike or skateboarding or yoga on the beach or something. He's got, he's got a hundred different activities going on and he keeps us uh, updated on all of them. How about yourself? What are you doing these days? Playing a lot of golf. Um, you know, trying to, trying to get that handicap down, uh, you know, taking some lessons, uh, trying to, uh, um, just improve my golf game. So that's what, that's what I've been up to right now. Are you officially done with baseball? No, 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 I'm not. I've still been working out, um, you know, taking swings, uh, staying, staying ready just in case, uh, something comes up. I may, I may have an opportunity, uh, something in the works in the next couple of weeks, but I'm not quite sure about that yet. So we'll see. Great. Hey, hey, Daniel, I don't think I've ever asked you this. We've talked about the fact that with the Cardinals down in game six, nine to seven, bottom of the 10th, you let off. It was you and John Jay. And then the pitcher's spot was up. But when you're in that spot and you've, your team's already been a strike away from not winning the World Series. Were you nervous at all when you stepped to the plate against Darren Oliver? Well, I would have been more nervous against um, Naftali Feliz, but I, <laughs> I think I, I got a little confidence when I saw, no offense to Darren Oliver, when I saw Darren Oliver come out of the bullpen. Um, kind of changed my mindset a little bit. I was, you know, coming off the field and getting to the dugout and getting my stuff ready. I was getting ready to face Feliz, figured they'd throw their closer back out there again. Um, but, you know, when I saw Darren Oliver out there, I was like, okay, I like my chances against him a little better now. Now uh, all I have to do is try to find a way on base, and I did. Can you still see that half inning in your mind's eye? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's there's, uh, you know, flashes of it, bits and pieces. I still remember my heart sinking when I was on second base, and, uh, you know, Loesch bunted that ball in the air. I, I was like, took off, and like, oh, no, this might get caught. Triple play you know, we lose the World Series, but luckily it worked out. It was awesome. Hey, I want to swing this back to Nolan Arenado. Do you have a play from your time with Nolan that sticks out for you? Um, well, there's a there's a bunch of them, but one that sticks out was a fly ball down the left field line, South Territory in San Francisco, and he's, you know, full dead sprint, his back to the infield, um, makes a play running into the tarp, like bounces pretty hard up the tarp, and has like the wherewithal to, you know, get regain his balance, throw to, throw to third base. I think there was a runner on second who didn't end up tagging up, but um, you know, just plays like that. That um, you know, where he's he's going like you know full out. Doesn't matter if the you know the tarps there or, or the uh, the railing made the play and, and uh, had the, still the presence of mind to to think about the runner tagging up. Daniel, we had gotten a scouting report on Nolan Arnado before he came to St. Louis, and we knew he loved baseball. This guy lives, eats, sleeps, breathes baseball. But seeing him in action, it's, it's a day in and day out. It's a totally different thing. I didn't realize just how intense he was all the time. I think he gives Yadier Molina a run for his money when it comes to intensity. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I tell people my, my first spring in, in Colorado, um, you know, first day of, of spring training, the early report guys are there, and we're taking ground balls and uh, – you know, Nolan's got, you know, the backhand jump throw down, spin in the hole throw. He's, I mean, he's like mid-season form. So I don't know how much uh, time he takes off in the offseason, but I can't imagine it's more than, than a couple days. Hey, Daniel, as we close things out, you'll appreciate this as a former Cardinal and as a friend of Nolan Arenado. When he hit that opening day home run and got the curtain call here, there was a St. Louis couple that was having uh, a child, and they actually named their kid Nolan after he had hit that home run. Is that total pretty, Cardinal Nation? Yeah, I, I, I don't think you find that in many other places. I think, I think that's pretty cool. I think I think Nolan would get a kick out of that as well. Yeah, he actually did a video for him. It, it worked out oh, really awesome. well.
That's great. It's cool. Hey, it's always good to hear your voice. Thanks so much. Good luck in uh, trying to get that next gig, and we'll be keeping an eye out for you, and hopefully we'll get a chance to see you playing again. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Daniel. Daniel Descalso, former Cardinal, former Rocky, former D-back on 101 ESPN. So here's a guy that played for the Cardinals, played with Goldie, played with Nolan Arenado, and knows the whole situation here. I think what's amazing is that all those guys are getting 10 years in the big leagues. Mm -hmm. 10 years is the magical number. John Jay just Mm -hmm. got it. I think Daniel's got it. David Freeze is close or has it. Uh, Pretty amazing to see that those guys that, you know, at that point in time were kind of role players. You weren't sure if they're going to be everyday major leaguers and all had a vital role in what took place in 2011 and then became everyday players at other places or even in St. Louis. And when you are a champion, you're a team for life. And those guys... And they're finding that that out now, too. Yeah. Is they're starting to retire and do their own thing. Right. But they've still got that's the right. communication with the text chain. That's pretty cool. Coming up on 101 ESPN, are we, Dan suggested you, we should do your Killing Me Smalls. Absolutely. Sure. Are we going to do it? We're going to do that. To. Your Killing Me Smalls is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Hey, our friend and teammate Chris Duncan would have been 40 this month. And in celebration of Dunk's birthday, we brought back the Dunkstonary T-shirt for a limited time. Now through May 21st, you can order the limited edition Dunk T-shirt proceeds from all sales. Go to support the Chris Duncan Memorial Scholarship Fund. Thanks to CarStar, your auto body repair experts, for supporting this year's Dunkstonary T-shirt campaign. Order your very own Dunkstonary shirts now at 101ESPN.com. It is time for... You're killing me, Smalls. There's so many things that happened that I, I would love to get Chris Duncan's take on. I would love to hear Chris Duncan break down the Astros cheating scandal. Yeah, he would have been great. I'd love to hear him say what he thought about Pujols and yeah. if he had any yeah. intel from his dad. Exactly. He was the source, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Why not? Well, we talked about the Astros and their first return to play the Yankees and the Bronx since they were outed for the sign ceiling scandal. And in the first couple of games, the boos were just raining down on them. Uh, Jose Altuve especially seemed to be affected by this, but not so much yesterday. The Yankees were going for the sweep. Garrett Cole was on the mound. The Yankees took a 3-1 lead into the eighth inning. Jose Altuve, the guy that had taken a lot of ire from the fans, steps to the plate. People are yelling, cheater. They're booing him. But he had a 3 run go-ahead homer against Chad Green and the the Astros go on to beat the Yankees 7-4 to yesterday. So Jose Altuve, not in the end being that effective. He's cheating. You think so? Oh, of course. He hit a home run, didn't he? Buzzer? Yeah, probably. You're going buzzer instead yeah. of trash can? Yeah. Okay. Because it was at Yankee Stadium. <clears throat> Altuve, Bregman, Correa. I watched a bunch of the series. Every time they came up, booed loudly. And it's at a socially distant Mm-hmm. Yankee Stadium. I yeah. couldn't imagine what that place would have been like if it was packed. It would have been great. And there were people that had like the blow up trash cans in the crowd and they were banging on their seats and you could hear that. I mean, it was. But you know what? what? What's the difference in Yankee Stadium as opposed to where they're getting it now everywhere? Yeah, honestly. I mean, now the Yankees have more of a, a look of being upset because of what happened in postseason play in that year. And they lost on the walk off that Altuve hit off of Chapman. But. 
they are getting it everywhere they go. Dusty Baker even said that. He said something like, you know, yeah, it's another road game and we're going to get booed and we're getting booed everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. But they're hearing it. I think the best sign was someone that said, I had a better sign, but the Astros stole it. <laughs> yeah, I think Greg good. Amziger told us yeah, that one. I like it was, that. It's very creative. It's. It, did you guys ever see Game of Thrones? You remember that scene where Cersei had to walk down the street and everyone, it was shame, shame, shame. 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 That's I enjoyed what I, that scene. I, I It was very impactful. And I feel More like ways that, than one. That, <laughs> I feel like that is what the Astros are dealing with right now. Shame. You didn't see that scene? I missed that yeah, scene. It's really, artistically, it was great. I'll check it out. Yeah. I didn't know you were a Game of Thrones guy, Big time. Damn. Big what time. What did you think of the final season? Didn't like it. I didn't like it either. Didn't like it. Same I... with uh, Sopranos. Didn't like the ending there. Left me with a lot of intrigue. But the intrigue was done with Game of Thrones. But I'll tell you what, that was one hell of a scene. <laughs> Randy, you need to watch Game of yeah, Thrones. Yeah, you need to get one into it. One of the greatest shows of all point. time. Yeah. Now, it's a commitment. I will warn you. It is a, these are it long is. episodes. We need another pandemic. Yeah, you should have done I'm that good. during the pandemic. <laughs> I'm I, good. No, 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 no. I think I'm, I've had my content max from now until the time I die. I think that during this past year, mm-hmm. we watched enough Netflix or Hulu, yeah. Amazon Prime to last a lifetime. Definitely. I'm good. I'm good on content. You're killing me, Smalls. So I saw this headline, and anytime I see anything about an NFL franchise potentially moving, I click on it. But it's it's not what you think. So the Bears, they've been playing at Soldier Field since 1971. And right now the Chicago, or, or excuse me, Arlington Heights, it's a suburb of Chicago, about 30 minutes outside of Chicago. Their mayor, Tom Hayes, revealed that the Bears are seriously considering a move from Soldier Field, which is in downtown Chicago, right on the lake, to Arlington Heights. So Arlington Heights has a racetrack there that property in that building is going to be sold and the expectation is whoever buys it is going to tear it down and redevelop it and a lot of people are saying it might be a good site for a football stadium i guess that's the the going thing now huh turn an old horse track into a football stadium yeah but they just rehabbed it yeah they they just did a whole renovation no 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 i think this soldier field yeah they they did a bunch of things with the the suites and the boxes there i thought i remember when we were because to get to wrigley field you you fly in and you Mm -hmm. drive into the city and there it is on the right and i remember specifically recently i'd say within a five-year period them doing all kinds of renovations Mm. at soldiers field soldiers field is pretty bad and by the way, it's the smallest capacity in the NFL. Number three market, smallest capacity. And it's just hard to get around. But I always think about Arizona when I was there for the Final Four. And you go out to Glendale, mm-hmm. and that's where you have teams playing. And it's so far removed from everything. If you have people that are coming to Chicago to see a Bears game, they have to fly into Chicago, then drive out to the suburbs. Have you ever driven out to the suburbs in Chicago? It's a nightmare. An absolute nightmare. It's a beautiful piece of land out there. I'm sure it is a gorgeous piece of land, but I think if you're someone coming in from out of town or you live in the city to get to a Bears game in Arlington Heights, I've been to Arlington Heights. I have friends who live there. Nightmare. I I have too. It is a pain. Traffic's a pain. I just stay downtown if I was a fan. Now, I don't have to, if if somebody's going to give me some tax credits and said, hey, we're going to build this great stadium. Okay, sure. I can make more money. Yep. All right. Sentiments uh, going out the window. You can do football on Sundays in Glendale, Arizona. You can't do hockey on weeknights in Glendale, Arizona. I would think it's the same thing. You couldn't put the Blackhawks or the Bulls out in Arlington Heights. You can put the, the Bears for Sundays in Arlington Heights. That's fine. Because yeah, but what about day. like the, yeah? And it's a weekend day when there's generally not as much traffic. I don't know the answer to this, but um, 
what about going basically into like the Miracle Mile and Wrigleyville and all that stuff that goes along with a Sunday game at it, it you know with Soldier Soldier Field? I, I don't know how that works. I, I've never tailgated there. I don't know if that's what people would do. But you're literally five ten minutes away, and you're you're down partying at all those oh, yeah. bars and restaurants oh, yeah. downtown. Yep, costs so, hundred bucks to park it. Yeah, Soldier Field. Tailgating is expensive there. Uh, we get a text that says the Bears shut down Soldier Field early 2000s. I do remember that for full renovation and the Bears home games were at University of Illinois. Remember yeah. that? I yeah. remember that. I think the Rams played there one time. Does that sound right? I don't think they played a game in Champaign. Maybe they did. I thought they did. I don't know why I think they did, but I do remember when they shut it down. Yeah. So, Okay. You're killing, You're killing me, Smalls. Smalls. Thank you, Dan. I have one more for you guys because I know Dan loves the Aaron Rodgers saga. I know oh, he's yeah. very locked into this. And so you probably already know this, Dan, but for everyone else who might not, we know that the Packers are desperate to fix things with Aaron Rodgers. Desperate. That even during the offseason, so many people flew out to California to try yes. to repair things with Rodgers. Well, the Athletic has a report that the desperation level. Please take our $25 million. Okay. It, it peaked so high, Dan, that it was more than that. They offered to make him the NFL's highest paid quarterback to pay him more than Patrick. Mahomes. You know, shocking. Ooh. I I went out on a limb and I said, you know, this might be a power play, even though the team holds the cards here. If you don't want to come back, no problem. You can retire and then give us back our $22 million in, this, in the bonus. That's fine. But, you know, I just felt that Aaron might be trying to, if you're not going to put the pieces around him, maybe let me leverage this for some more money. I, I just went out on a limb on that. I don't know what gave me that thought, but I just, I just thought that way, Randy. You know what the Bears should do? This just struck me. Just offer him 5 million shares of Packers stock. 10 million. Just give him the cash. No, because there's no cash in Packers stock. That's, I, why that's you what do I'm it. saying. So don't give him the stock. Just give him just restructure the, the cash, But don't tell him that it's worthless. It's just a piece of paper that you put up on he'll your wall. He'll figure it out and give him Darn the cash. He'll figure I it just out. can't believe a guy wanted restructure. And then, you know what? You, know what, you know what may happen? Yeah. He may go to training camp and say that bygones are bygones, too, and we're going to try to win a championship. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. You if, need to tell me that even though he's owed 21 and a half, that if they're going to pay him over 45 and he's well, turned it down once, that he may reconsider. He may have to. So you can either retire and re, and return $22 million or go play at a place you're beloved and admired and adored and go make $45 million. I... I just think he might do it. I don't know. I, I Again, I may be going out on a limb here. Think he's going to play for the Packers? Yes, I do. All right. I like it. Good. I've uh, thought that since day one. Day one. Dan, we'll be tuned in tonight. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah. But that's my gut feeling. I think you're right also. And by the way, he can't hold out. Well, he can't hold out. But if you hold out in the NFL, it's 50 grand a day, and the team can't give you uh any relief for that it's 50 grand a day so hundred thousand dollars every other day if you hold out okay now are you confident enough dan that if he doesn't play for the packers you'll spin the wheel no i'm not okay okay no not that confident i'm not (laughs) singing madonna retro songs like you have a good voice though dan thank you very much for the very first time you were great on that thanks dan who do you got coming up on the show bob gebhardt Oh, good. Former general manager. Yes. Ask him the, uh, the Larry Walker, the Larry Walker jet stream story. Well, you already said it. I did. Well, here's the thing. When you were saying that story, I thought, 
Did they really need a jet stream to sign Larry Walker? Probably not. I think that solidified it, though, for him. Well, not solidified it. wouldn't have solidified it for me. I just said, yeah. if Larry Walker wants to come here they in thought, the prime of his yeah. career, let's get him. Yeah, how, how good it's going to be. So yeah. it was great to have Larry Walker on. Great job by our producer engineer, Emily Butcher. Thank you. Thank you. Michelle, have a fun weekend. Thank you. You guys have a great weekend, too. Hey, and you guys have a great weekend. We have a hot taken show coming up. Love it. And then baseball tonight. Baseball tonight. We'll be watching. You got it. And before we go, happy Mother's Day to all the happy mothers out Mother's there. Happy Mother's Day is right. Happy Mother's Day, all you moms out there. For all of us, thanks for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. For all of us, until Monday morning at 7, have a great weekend, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Character and Smallman podcast, powered by I Promise. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.